On a Saturday. Saturday. Saturdays are for the pods. I guess so. Welcome in to the Dirty Water Fantasy Podcast. This is episode 20, and we are recording currently on Saturday, November 6th. And I know that date. I know what day it is because there is a huge UFC card on tonight. You're so excited. That I'll be watching. It's, in fa- it's Infectious, actually. so excited. Madison Square Garden, right? It's at MSG. We thought about going, but the tickets were too much, too expensive. Yeah, it was like a, that's 350 that's when we checked for nosebleeds, which is just not worth it. Yeah. But it's Kamaru Usman versus Colby Covington 2 with Gaith G and Chandler on the card, as well as Thug Rose versus Wei Lee 2. That's it, Michael Chandler, by the way. I'm not traveling to me yeah. <laughs> to go fight in a UFC fight. I mean... I haven't gotten the call yet, I guess is what I'm trying to yeah. say. Yeah, but peek, peek behind the curtain a little bit. When I'm not watching football, I'm watching UFC for the most part. Yeah. And that is frequently what I do on Saturday nights. Um, on my ESPN Plus account. Yeah, on your, <laughs> on your ESPN Plus <laughs> account. But today, what we're doing before that is a little mid-season review. Chandler, what what is this show going to be? Yeah. Hi, everyone. Uh, it's Chandler Hennig, by the way, and Miles Ullman coming to you, as as Miles said, on the Dirty Water Fantasy Football Podcast. So, mid-season review today. Uh, a couple different things we're going to cover. First, we are going to go division by division and break down pretty much any fantasy-relevant player um, in, in a by team in a given division. So, we'll start with the AFC North here in a little bit. We'll work through all of those players. We will give kind of our recaps on players kind of up to this point in the season and also how we think of those players moving forward after we get through all of the uh, all the teams and divisions here we will do a check-in on our preseason predictions spoiler that they're not in very good shape but we'll talk about that in a little bit and then uh and then we will go through some rapid fire questions at the end uh, about five minutes probably just talking about um you know big takeaways you know biggest busts um biggest kind of waiver ad kind of stuff like that too so miles unless you have anything else that i missed there i think we can probably just get right into the uh let's do it into the teams let's do it we'll start uh in the afc and we're gonna go north south east west so we'll start with the afc north and we're also gonna go for each division we'll go in order of best team to worst team as they stand right now uh best team in the afc north right now is the five and two ravens I think let's start probably the the most difficult position to to break down is the running backs for the Ravens. Latavius Murray, Le'Veon Bell, Devontae Freeman, now that, you know, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards are out for the season. What do you make of of that backfield? Yeah, it's been uh, even a bigger mess in the past couple weeks than it has the kind of the preceding weeks before that because... Latavius, who I think we still probably regard as the one A yeah. in that in that backfield, has been out. I think is it an ankle injury he's dealing with something I think so. some some lower leg injury, I believe, for Latavius. So we are not getting any sort of clarity around what that backfield looks like right now because Freeman has arguably been the been the guy there and Le'Veon has been the change of pace back. Um this is not an offense, or I should say a backfield to target right now. I'm, I'm holding Latavius on a couple of my teams in the hope that towards the latter half of the season, he can establish himself. I think he is the most talented and the player with the most juice in that backfield. But 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not hoping for anything kind of more than RB3 production, maybe a guy that fills in in the later buys as we get kind of into the season a little bit more. Yeah, Latavius Murray is someone you should have on your rosters. I don't think Bell or Freeman need to be rostered right now. Um, but what about the wide receivers? Hollywood Brown is, I believe, a top 12 receiver right now. If, he if not, he's just outside. Yeah, he's and, a top 10. And that is a pretty, that is a pretty surprising stat. Um, I don't think anyone was expecting Marquise Brown to be that good this year, but he has been really good. But there is a rookie wide receiver by the name of Rashad Bateman who has gotten six targets each of the last two games. What do you make of that? Do you expect Hollywood to continue to be so good, or is he more of a sell high with Bateman coming in? Yeah, well, let's first say that the issue has never been with Hollywood in this offense. I think the big revelation this year for for Baltimore has been that Lamar is one a good passer, which we sort of knew, but Lamar's also a volume passer now as well. He's still doing it on the ground. He's still getting his rushing yards, which is why he's so valuable at quarterback. But he is airing it out, and that's Hollywood's game. I mean, I remember watching some games when Hollywood was in, was in Oklahoma in college, and that is his game. Find the open space down the field and make things happen. He's an exciting player. I don't think Hollywood is going anywhere the rest of the season. Um, we didn't talk. We didn't mention Sammy Watkins yet, and there are a couple other sort of tier two guys in the uh, in the receiving core and on the Ravens. And I think by the end of the season, Bateman will have that, that two role. Um, I don't, as I said, don't think Hollywood's going anywhere, but Bateman is a stud. He's been productive in limited, you know, in limited sample size to the season. And I think it's going to keep going. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, Bateman is a possession receiver. Hollywood is a deep threat. They don't profile the same. So there is room on the offense for both of these guys to, to be good. Um, and, and Lamar has only improved as a thrower, as you said. Um, Mark Andrews is a tight end one for the rest of the season, yes? Yeah, absolutely. And Lamar is a QB one for the rest of the season, yes? Yep. yep. Okay. Andrews is two right now, by the way. Tight, tight end two? two? Yes. Yeah, he's, he's been great. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals at five and three. Um, let's start with the elephant in the room. Jamar Chase is pretty good. Yeah. He is one of the best rookie receivers of all time. I believe you have some some data to back that up. Yeah, he is um well, I actually have some data about about potential regression, uh, ju- okay, regression okay, on okay, Jamar. Okay. But yeah, let's let's start with saying let's give Jamar his due. He has been absolutely unbelievable to start this season. Um this was this was a miss. We'll get back to this prediction in a little bit here, but or sorry, I should say a little bit later in the episode. But yeah, I mean, again, I think Andrew saw this one. Um it really hasn't been an issue with T so much, but the mind meld between between Jamar and Joe Burrow has been unbelievable. It is, you know, it, it kind of reminds me in, in a sense of like Gronkowski and Brady. They just know where, he, you know, Burrow just knows where Jamar is in the field. He knows if he extend plays, Jamar is going to find some, some space. And that's why he's been getting these, you know, 60-yard bomb touchdowns. Um, no one can touch him when, when he's in open field, and he, he's finding that space right now. Yeah, um, I took Higgins over Chase in a board bet with Andrew before the start of the season. That is not looking great right now, but I I do think that T. Higgins is a trade for right now. I think that he's been underperforming. He's seeing a ton of targets per game. Um, so so I think Higgins is still a wide receiver too, uh, maybe a low end wide receiver too. Um, and 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 I don't really have much interest in Boyd. I think we've talked about that in previous episodes. Yeah, and I think that's a good segue back into the, the stat I wanted to bring up about Jamar. So. Jamar, I think, is wide receiver three, I think we, we said, um, while, while looking through the uh, mm-hmm. through the rankings here. The top 10 wide receivers, um, so, you know, that's including Jamar, are currently averaging around 10 targets per game. 
Chase is on the low end of that spectrum. He's averaging 7.5. I believe the lowest in the top 10 list was DK Metcalf at 7. All these top wide receivers are scoring lots of touchdowns. That's why they're so highly ranked. My one note there is Jamar is currently averaging 20 yards per reception on the season. That is among like qualified guys. That is far and away that the highest. I think Debo is the next top and wide receiver, um, who I think is around 18 and a half. There's a pretty big gap to, I think, the number three guy on the top 10 wide receiver list rankings right now. So, you know, we've talked about T. T also hasn't been healthy the past couple of weeks as well, too. So we think, you know, part of the reason I think we're buying low on him is because we expect him to get healthy and establish himself a little bit more in this offense. Is And... and I don't, you know, I'm hesitant to use the words regression because that sounds like we're worried about Jamar. I don't think that's the case at all. But would it shock you or are you expecting perhaps that by end of season, Jamar is closer to like, you know, wide receiver eight or 10 versus where he is right now in the top three? Yeah, I, I would expect him to come down a little bit um, down to, yeah, wide receiver eight to 10, sure, something in that range. But I would still treat him as a wide receiver one for my team. Um I also just want to clarify for Higgins, he has been he has been healthy the last couple of games, previous two games, I believe, before that he was out. So he's still sort of working his way back from injury, you could say. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'd still be treating Jamar Chase as wide receiver one. I think he's still a rookie, and so we'd expect a little bit of regression, but he's great, and he is going to be great in the NFL for years to come. Yeah, I mean, enjoy him on your team. He's too expensive to buy right now, and he's not worth trading away because there is that chance of regression, but you're still having a wide receiver one on your team for probably a guy you either took as your you know, your wide receiver two in the fifth, maybe, or maybe even your wide receiver three there. Yep. He has also, I think, made Joe Burrow. So, uh, Joe Burrow has—he's allowed Joe Burrow to elevate his game, so, so to speak. Totally. Burrow ha- has really established himself as an every-week QB1 starter uh, for fantasy. Joe Mixon has been a little bit disappointing, I would say, for that draft price, but you also drafted him for the guaranteed volume that he was going to get. He has had a very safe floor. I believe he's only had one game of sub-10 points in PPR, um, even though it doesn't feel like he's been great. He has been. And so obviously leave him in your starting lineup. And I, I believe that Samaje P. Run is the true handcuff to Mixon, not Chris Evans, despite Chris Evans being significantly more explosive. Yeah, agreed. Um, I, I think Samaje is probably in that tier two of elite handcuffs. He's not quite in that Madison Pollard range, but would be probably a solid running back too, I think, if if Mixon does, unfortunately, you know, would happen to go down. Chris Evans would obviously get some work, though, in the, in, in that backfield. Agreed. Um, we'll move on to the 4-3 and three Steelers. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster went down um, a few weeks ago with a, a season-ending injury, um, and so we kind of thought that Chase Claypool sophomore wide receiver would would take a step up in his absence he hasn't really he's been pretty disappointing um he's been he's been boom bust which he was last year but you know we we kind of expected him to improve this year um I think he he probably has in real life but not necessarily for fantasy purposes and Deontay Johnson to me is continues to be so underrated he he's thought of as a wide receiver too but truthfully he's a wide receiver one yeah I totally agree and and It'll be interesting. I gotta think that the that the Steelers are looking for a new quarterback next season. Deontay's skill set fits 
Roethlisberger to a T. I mean, it's Roethlisberger does not have the arm at this point in his career, so that underneath volume stuff where where Deontay thrives is exactly the game. Um, again, you know, I think we're primarily talking about redraft on this on this episode, but from a dynasty standpoint, I still like Claypool. I still believe in the talent, and mm-hmm. if the Steelers get a quarterback that can get the ball down the field, that's I think where you're going to see Claypool shine, and and you know, hope for that if you have him on your dynasty roster. Yeah, Deontay, Deontay is, is uh, as as Robert Woods sort of fades off the fantasy radar in the next mm. year or so, Deontay Johnson, I think, will be my new Robert Woods. Your crush? My, my, new, per- volume crush. my new perennial wide rec- uh, round four wide receiver to draft. Yeah, totally. Um, Pratt Fryermuth is another good name for Dynasty, I think. He, he's a good, very good tight end to have in Dynasty right now. He's on the, uh, he's on the rise. And he's also on the rise for redraft right now. We, we talked about picking him up in episode 19. Yeah, totally. I think he's probably entering that tier, especially with Ebron having some health problems of like Conklin. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, that if your tight end is on by, he's probably week to week in that sort of 10 to 15 rankings and would be a decent pickup as well. And again, yeah. he's getting underneath work, which suits Roethlisberger's game right now. Uh, a high-end tight end streamer. Yeah. Um, Najee Harris, rookie running back for the Steelers, oh, has been so good. He's uh, he's he's easily a top 10 running back. I know that for sure. Um, and he he's just getting so much volume. It's it's pretty remarkable. Um, and if he, if he stays healthy, he has a chance to finish as the RB1 overall this season. Najee's... Six right now, yeah. Running back six. I mean, he's great. He was not drafted to be that. He was drafted as the RB twelve ish, and and he, so he's outperforming his ADP, which yeah. is pretty significant. Um, I think Kalen Balaj is an underrated, potentially elite handcuff that doesn't get a lot of uh, talk. You know, people people don't really talk about Kalen Balaj in that elite tier of handcuffs. But I, I just want to throw out his name as as someone who who might be if Najee were to go down. Would you roster him? I would if I if I roster Najee for sure. I, the only thing I disagree with there is Anthony McFarlane was injured to start the season. I think he was on IR for, That's IR for a pretty long time. They have both gotten some work in previous seasons when the bell cow in, in Pittsburgh has gone down. So it would, wouldn't surprise me if Balaj is the guy to own there behind Najee. But I'm not sure that this that he is in that tier of Madison Pollard. Yeah, my my thought there is just Anthony McFarland has gotten the opportunity in previous seasons sure. and hasn't really performed with it. Yep. Bellage, we've never seen that, and we know Tomlin likes to use one running back, so, so we'll see. Yep. Um, and then Roethlisberger, not really worth rostering. No. Um, we'll move on to the 4-4 four and four Cleveland Browns. I think we might as well start with OBJ. There's some news that we will break down in the next episode, um, but OBJ is not a Brown anymore, but he's been pretty disappointing since coming back from injury. Yeah, and, yeah, totally. And <laughs> and Landry, you know, is perennially underrated, probably. Yeah, but I, Landry is not a buy buy for me right now because I just don't believe this offense is. I think there's something wrong with this offense. Yes, OBJ might have been contributing to it a little bit, um, but I don't. You know, Landry's always been a floor guy. So if you're looking for that at this point in the season, maybe you can go get him. But I, I just don't think it's going to be a good offense passing-wise rest of the season. Chubb is now healthy again. I, I think we're looking at Kareem Hunt getting back in hopefully the next couple of weeks here. Their line is pretty good. Baker's been pretty bad. It makes sense for the Browns to, to lean on the run game. Is Does Dearness have any value once 
Hunt is back in the lineup. No, I don't think so. I think if you have Dearness, and actually I have him rostered in a couple of leagues, I would try and trade him for anything, even if it's Fab, to the Chubb or maybe even Hunt owner, uh, and say, hey, like this is your guy's handcuff. He has more value on your team than he has on my team. Take whatever you can get there. If, again, Fab, even if it's a running back four or something like that. Agreed. Any interest in any other Browns, Baker Mayfield, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Austin Hooper, David Njoku? No, I think this falls into the same category as, you know, anyone that's not Landry. Like, I'm just worried about volume, and I'm sure Peoples-Jones might have a couple of blow games, but predicting those, I think, is, is going to be near impossible. All right, we'll move on to the AFC South, and the team leading that division right now is the 6-2 and two Titans. Um the, the titan of fantasy football <laughs> is Derrick Henry, and he was the RB1 through eight games, and he is out for the next six to ten weeks, which is potentially season-ending, but not necessarily season-ending. Um, so RIP Derrick Henry, the king is dead. McNichols and Adrian Peterson were two of the most popular waiver pickups this week. What is your take on how that backfield will, will, will play out? Yeah, I'm I'm waffling at this point actually. I was bigger on McNichols coming into the waiver the waiver period this past week. Um I he's gotten receiving work in that offense and I and I like that I, look, I, I don't think AP's gonna catch a lot of passes. Um so I don't think anyone's gonna be nearly as valuable as Henry. That's probably the understatement of the entire year. Um but I, I just don't know if AP can do even close to what Henry was doing. And yes, I think as we've said, even on even on bad offense, which this is which the Titans is not one, a pass catching back that's getting work is, is still valuable. And, and I think McNichols is going to be that. That being said, I've heard the argument a lot of the past week or so that in terms of guys that are available right now, even you know available for trades possibly, AP's skill set is perhaps one of the most similar to Derrick Henry. He is that downhill bruiser, you know, down excuse me, downhill bruiser type back. Um, so, you know, I don't know if I have a good a good way to disc, you know to differentiate between these two players right now. I guess McNichols is a floor and AP is a little bit more boom bust possibly. Yeah, that's that's probably how it'll be. AP is probably going to be touchdown dependent, but you you do figure that he'll be the one to get the touchdowns there of the two. Sure, I think that. Neither will come even close to Derrick Henry's value, obviously, but um, I think I'd still lean McNichols But if I had to choose between them, but pr- pretty much same take as you. Um, A.J. Brown, this is the second season in a row where he started slow and then completely popped off, and I expect him to be a wide receiver one for the rest of the season. Yeah, totally agree. Um, I, I, You know, this is speculating, I think, about kind of NFL football stuff, but... Do you think that the Titans pivot now in terms of offensive philosophy? Uh, yeah, I think that they that they throw a lot more. I think Tannehill, who has been disappointing, probably is better for the next half of the season. Um, I think Julio is needs they need Julio to to get healthy and yeah, and be agreed. good. Um, and I'm not I don't have any confidence that another wide receiver like Chester Rogers or Josh Reynolds step up. Um, I, I, I hope so. And we'll see. And, and then if I do see it, I'll be willing to pick someone up off waivers. But for now, I'm, I'm going to assume that no, 
no one yeah, else will. I think I agree with you. I think it's going to be a maximum of two valuable wide receivers, and one of those has to be Julio, um, and the other one will be A.J. Brown. Okay, we'll move on to the 4-5 and five Indianapolis Colts. Um, the running backs continue to be frustrating to an extent, but less frustrating than I think that than uh, less frustrating than I think we thought coming into the season. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor has been incredible. Um, and Naeem Hines has been fairly boom bust, but mostly bust. And Marlon Mack has been mostly trade non-existent. Bait. Yeah, exactly. Has been mostly trade bait. Yeah. Um, yeah. I look, I think, I was wrong about JT. I, this, I, I believe I argued against Ian in the um, in the mock trial episode about worrying, worrying about JT. Look, I, I'll give myself a little bit of pass on that one because the issue with Taylor for me was never the talent. It, Taylor was probably one of the most talented backs in that entire draft class. Um, it was always worries about volume. And to the Colts' credit, they've realized that this is probably their best offensive weapon. Um on the entire roster, and they are feeding him, you know, feeding him in an effort to try and, you know, to try and win games, and that's exactly what they should be doing behind one of the best O lines in the entire league. So, I didn't envision it being this, you know, this much work for for Taylor. And yeah, I mean, he is he's a solid top six back rest of season, and if he pushes for running back one by end of season, it would not shock me in the slightest. Definitely through the air. Um, Wentz has really solidified himself as a floor play at quarterback. He he seems to have a 17-ish point floor with a 24-ish point ceiling, and that's a really good, that, that's a very, very, very valuable quarterback. Um, you know, at this point, he can probably be locked in to your lineups unless there are better options. Um you know, uh, that you can stream, but I, I really like Wentz for the rest of the season. Pittman is another big story. Second year wide receiver. We thought that he might be able to take a step up. He was drafted in the ninth round and he's a, a top 24 receiver right now. So he has been a, a pretty cool story um, as he continues to, to develop and establish himself as the alpha wide receiver there. I do just slightly worry that T.Y. Hilton is going to continue to get healthy and, eat into Pittman's workload just a little bit. Yeah, I get it, but I'm I'm still in on Pittman. Um look, we, we talked about it before the season started. Wide you know, season two wide receivers, um, and adding that plus a quarterback who has been functional in the form of Carson Wentz, yeah, that's a good recipe for success there. And we knew Pittman had the talent coming out of coming out of college. Okay. The one in six Jacksonville Jaguars are led by rookie quarterback Trevor Lawrence. How has Lawrence been relative to what you were expecting him to be? Yeah, about on par, probably. Um, we're seeing the flashes of the talent, and I'm a, I'm a dynasty owner of, of T-Law, um, and I'm actually liking a little bit of that rushing as well, too, that I'm seeing. I think if the Jacksonville coaching staff was smarter, which they they need to get smarter, um, that they would try and use uh, Lawrence's legs a little bit more than they currently are. Um, but yeah, this is a dysfunctional franchise on a um, not very seasoned coaching staff with Urban Meyer there. Um, it does not surprise me that this team is having having its struggles. You know, we thought <laughs> there was a lot of news about Urban Meyer with the whole video of him dancing with that girl. Yes. And then the John Gruden stuff came out and we completely forgot about Urban Meyer. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he, he could still be on the hot seat. I don't know. Oh, he should be on the hot seat. Um, we talked a lot in the offseason about these wide receivers, DJ Chark, who 
started off boom bust and then got injured and, and, and is missing the rest of the season. Marvin Jones started off hot but has cooled off. LaVisca has been underutilized this whole season, and for some reason Jamal Agnew is the wide receiver one there and getting a ton of targets. Um, wh- who are you interested in rostering for the rest of the season between Marvin Jones, LaVisca, and Jamal Agnew? None of them particularly. Okay. Um, I think I saw the argument. I don't know where where it was. Apologies for this, but that the issue with this season with Marvin Jones has been that at this point Trevor Lawrence doesn't have enough time to find him. Uh, you know, Marvin Jones's game is typically the downfield game. That's probably probably why he had so much success with Stafford in uh, in Detroit, and that Lawrence doesn't have enough time to look down the field for Jones. By the time he you know goes through his reads, he's being pressured or sacked or trying to you know to run, you know, to run away from the pressure. So, yeah, I don't expect that to improve at any point this season. I think we know what the Jacksonville offense is right now. Um, I, I still hope that LaVisca can come on a little bit, but if if Jamal is the guy the rest of the season, I guess that wouldn't surprise me either, which is a ridiculous thing to say. Okay. We've talked about Dan Arnold. We think that he is going to continue to ascend, and and he is a good tight end pickup right now. James Robinson is an every week RB1, low-end RB1, maybe high-end RB2, and if he misses this week, then Carlos Hyde is a good play. Hyde is a good handcuff. That's really it. Anything to add there? Well, the only thing I would say is Hyde is playing the Steelers, so yep. that is a tough matchup. No, uh, Buffalo. Oh, yes. Yeah, Which is Buffalo. also a tough matchup. Yeah, tough matchup in <laughs> Buffalo. Um, if he gets the receiving work that he did, I think, last week um, uh, with with J- uh, Robinson out a little bit, mm-hmm. then he will be valuable. But I, th- I don't think he's going to run for a whole lot of yards against that Buffalo defense. Yeah. Um, we'll move on to the 1-7 and seven Houston Texans, and this is probably the team that we need to talk the least about. Um, Brandon Cooks is a solid wide receiver, too. Nico Collins looks good for Dynasty none of the running backs are interesting right now. Would you buy low on Cooks with the hope that Tyra coming back bumps his value a little bit? Sure. Yeah. Okay. But he's still got to be, what, like a high-end wide receiver three, low-end two right now? Right now, I I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say he's a low-end two right now. And I think that that will improve to mid range. Probably hoping for a slight bump with Tyrod, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I think he becomes a, a mid two, something right. along those lines. Um, we'll move on to the AFC East. Leading that division is the five and two Buffalo Bills, um, headed by Josh Allen. Who, I mean, I, I, you know, I think that the Bills are going to run away with the AFC personally. Yeah, I think so too. And Josh Allen is probably the reason he's the QB two on the season right now. Yeah, and I he was in that mix for the top five before the season started. So, yep. I, look, you know, having weapons like Stefan Diggs um, and Emmanuel Sanders, who we'll talk about in a second here, I'm sure that helps as well, too. And that yeah. O-line is pretty good as well, too, right? Talk, talk about them. I mean, I think Diggs has been a little disappointing, right? Yeah, a little disappointing, but coming on strong in the middle part of the season here. I, yeah. I don't think you can buy low on Diggs anymore. Hopefully, listen to I think Miles' advice, kind of in like the week four, week five time frame when he had a couple of sort of meh games back to back. But he is now getting the work. Um, you know, for some reason, Diggs is seemingly one of those guys that is not scoring as many touchdowns as that elite top ten wide receiver tier. 
But if he starts to get looks in the end zone in the red zone from Allen, then he can very easily finish as one of those top 10 guys by by end of season. And, and yes, like he's still been totally fun even without that touchdown volume to start. Um, we talked about Sanders a lot over the past couple episodes. He was, I believe, a buy low for me. Um, I still think he's gonna be he's gonna be good rest of season. He doesn't need that amount of that 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 ton of volume to be relevant. It's just not Sanders's game. He's the downfield guy, and I think as we've alluded to in in previous episodes, you for those downfield guys, you want a good quarterback throwing them the ball, and and Josh Allen absolutely qualifies. I think he could be also a smash play this week as well too if Beasley is out because he might get some of that volume as well. Is Beasley questionable? Yes, he is. I don't think he was practicing this week. Who, rest of season, who do you prefer, Sanders or Beasley? If you need a floor, Beasley is one of the top guys in the league. If, if you are okay with a little bit more boom bust, I mean, you know, Sanders had a bagel last week. Um, I don't think that Beasley is probably ever going to do that um, as long as he's in the, in the league. True. I think Beasley's a little bit more of a sell high though because I think that he might be have seen the volume that he did last week because of Dawson Knox being out. Yeah, that's possible. I think Knox has established himself as when he's playing, he is one of the the preferred touchdown dependent tight ends that we want to roster. Yes, absolutely. Um, I like that call actually. If you if you, yeah, so here's the thing though. I don't know what you can sell Beasley for right now. Um, maybe an RB. I mean, would you give up? Would you trade away Beasley to get back James Conner? If I needed the depth, if I needed, you know, potentially some upside at running back, sure. How about okay. like how about like Beasley for Jerry Judy? I would take Judy in a heartbeat. Okay. I mean, but it's possible that some guy's been holding on to you know, someone yeah, someone has been holding on to Judy and is frustrated with, with the production up to this point. Sure. Um talking about the Bills backfield, I think Zach Moss has impressed Singletary's disappointed. Yes. I I I think Moss had I don't know if it was seven targets or seven receptions last week. I don't think that's gonna be the, the standard. Um I wouldn't necessarily you know, I don't think you can sell high on Zach Moss because it hasn't really been that great, but he seems to be the back tone. Yep, agreed. Um uh, moving on to the four and four New England Patriots. Another rookie quarterback here, Mac Jones. Um he has low key been the best rookie quarterback, at least statistically. Um, and I do you disagree there? No, but that's like that's you know he's he's been okay. He's been okay, and everyone else has yeah. been kind of crappy. Yeah, yeah, and I, and it it feels like we're already a lot closer to the Mac Jones ceiling than we are to the Trevor Lawrence ceiling, for example. Agreed. But uh, for example, I should say, but um, part of it, I mean, Mac Jones doesn't really have receivers to throw to his his number one target is jacoby myers who does not profile as an elite wide receiver or score touchdowns or score touchdowns yeah yeah. does he now hold the record for most targets without or most receptions without a touchdown he's got to be getting close he was in the end zone last week but it was a two-point conversion right right um but he's really the only wide receiver that i would want to roster Aguilar is meh Johnu and hunter henry there were debates about which of those tight ends would be the one to roster it's neither um hunter henry i mean hunter henry is the one to roster i think but it really it's neither um and and this offense goes through the the running backs pretty much yes and there's been one that you that you have been happy with probably yeah it's damien harris and i mean damien harris what do you, what would you call him a low-end rb2 yeah he's like a worse version of chubb at this point yeah he's, he's getting 
absolutely no receiving work or right. essentially no receiving work in an offense that is committed to the running game and has like a decent line to run behind as well too when they're healthy. And the back that is getting the receiving work is Brandon Bolden. It was James White, but he was injured for the rest of the season with a, a hip injury. Um, I think after week three or week four, something around something then. Range. And Brandon Bolden has assumed that role, but he's not as good as James White as at that pass catching back role. Um, so I, you know, per- personally, I'm happy to roster Damian Harris. Brandon Bolden is a good depth piece. Jacoby Myers is a good wide receiver piece, but otherwise, I don't really want any Patriots on my team. Yeah, I it seems like the Ramondre breakout is taking a longer time than maybe we thought in like week two or three. Um, I, I mean, I guess Ramondre was also getting inactives at that point as well. Too, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough to break out when you're only playing every other week. That's true. <laughs> um, we will move on to our New York Jets sitting at two and six. Uh, Zach Wilson, yet another rookie quarterback. This time, the rookie quarterback might not be the best quarterback on his team. He might be the third best quarterback on his team. Yeah, but Mike White. Yeah, is I, I don't know if you saw good. this. I don't know if you saw this, but like when you go on the ESPN app, there's like the top top stories, and like Mike White being healthy for I think next week was like the third story <laughs> on, on on ESPN, like in like in the Thursday or Friday or something like that. He's the goat. Yeah. Well, um, talk to me about the backfield though i mean michael carter we just found out today he's the rb15 right now yeah he's been he's been really good and yes having that blow up 30 plus point week um not this week because they just played the colts on thursday but last week i'm sure helped out tremendously there and and he i think had 10-ish points in in the game versus the colts on thursday night um yeah i mean that's that's not where i'm expecting carter to finish i think he is a solid low end two um it would not surprise me in the least if he ends up in that 19 to kind of 25 ish range um but yeah i mean he'll be the guy to he'll be the guy to roster the game script in terms of the thursday night game went absolutely terribly for for, for carter one the quarterback that dumped the ball off to mcgazillion times the previous week was injured very early and they were down a whole lot so um i should know this josh jackson johnson josh johnson johnson i believe he ended up having to throw the ball a lot, and Elijah um, Elijah Moore had a really good game as a result. Yeah, Elijah Moore broke out, uh, and we'll talk about that on the next episode as well. Um, who, who, which of the Jets receivers rank the Jets receivers rest of season? Corey Davis, Jameson Crowder, Elijah Moore. It's probably Corey one, oof. Crowder and Moore. It's, isn't it's kind of, I, I think I want Crowder still. Let me see. Let me see Moore be productive with presumably Zach Wilson, who I think. I imagine we'll get the most games rest of the season for the from Jazz quarterbacks. Okay, I'll go Davis Moore Crowder, um, and Ty Johnson. We've talked about is a, is another good depth piece, very similar to Brandon Bolden in that way. Yes, agreed. Um, the Dolphins are last in the AFC East at one and seven. We've talked about the running backs so often, so I'm not gonna belabor this point, but. Miles Gaskin has been disappointing. He's really the only running back that you want to roster. Salvan Ahmed and Malcolm Brown are not. There's no interest there. Yeah, agreed. I mean, Gaskin is probably a solid three right now, RB3. Sure. Um, Devontae Parker just got placed on IR. Yes, disappointing. Which we'll talk about, I'm sure, in the next episode as well. That opens the door for Jalen Waddell to really, really, really take over as the wide receiver one here. Will Fuller might come back from injury and be good, but uh, TBD? 
Do we have a time frame on the Parker injury? Do we know? On the Parker injury? Yeah. It's also like a shoulder and hamstring, right? I think there's two things he's dealing with. Yeah. I mean, I expect him to come back after the three weeks. Okay. But I could be wrong. Yeah. So, you know, Waddle's an underneath guy. Parker and Fuller have more similar skill sets in the sense of being downfield. Parker's obviously go up and get it guy. Fuller is a burner. So it would not surprise me if, if they're both healthy. There's a bit of cannibalization there. Waddle is still pretty clearly the better the wide receiver to own in this offense, and I don't think either Parker or Fuller are bad dart throws as your wide receiver four or five on your roster. And Gasicki is another tight end that's really impressed yes. and, and overperformed relative to our expectations. Um, talk to me about Tua though. Tua, we thought Tua might be traded a week ago. Yeah, no, I mean he's been he's been solid. Um, and, and you know I will say like there's been a, there was a lot of noise about that, but. In a in a season that's gone horribly wrong for the for the Dolphins, Brian Flores, the head coach there, has been pretty staunchly behind Tua. So I do give him some credit for that. He is he is their quarterback, and I mean, look, their offense hasn't been great, but their defense is maybe the most underperforming unit in in the in the league right now. This was a really good defense, and they've been absolutely terrible, and and that's certainly contributing to their one and seven record. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I will say I have Tua in dynasty, and I feel pretty good about that. So. You know, take you know, take that I guess with a grain of salt because there's some ownership bias there, but who knows? Um, AFC West is our next division. The Raiders lead that division at five and two, and that's a shocker. Um, yeah. No one expected the Raiders to, to be winning this division halfway through the season. Um, Derek Carr has been great. Uh, Renfro has been the wide receiver to roster there. Edwards and Ruggs have been disappointing, um, and, and Ruggs will not be on the team anymore. And Darren Waller is a tight end one. Yeah, Waller's been maybe a little disappointing. He, ha- he has been injured as well, too, a little bit. I think Waller's going to be fine. I, I, Agreed. I think he's going to finish top five. Agreed. Um, which brings us to the running backs. I think there's potential that Josh Jacobs could win people some some playoffs as you know some championships yeah, for the I second agree. half of the season I agree. Uh, he's really underrated he's probably a trade for target right now yes and the big thing there is the new coaching staff that's also not something you mentioned gruden is out um but the new coaching staff has realized you know obvious to everyone else but with you know except for the previous coaching staff in las vegas that josh Jacobs is probably one of the best players on this team and they should hand the ball off a lot to him um so Yes, he is. He is. I don't know. He probably was considered maybe a low end RB two coming into the season. He's probably going to tick towards that high end RB two range by the time the season is done. I would agree. We'll move on to the four and three LA Chargers and second year QB Justin Herbert continues to kill it. He's been well. He's he, been up and down at times yeah, this sh- season. Sure, for for fantasy purposes. Yeah, sure. For fantasy purposes, he's been he's been up and down. Um, but I think in real life. I mean, he's one of he he's one of the best QBs to watch because he just throws such a, a beautiful ball. But he, I mean, Mike Williams has established himself as what a, a, a high end wide receiver too. Yeah, he's. I'm. I'm sort of. I don't want to say I'm having doubts about Williams, but he is not the plug and play starter that we thought maybe through the first couple weeks of the season. And and. We should have also realized that as well, too. He's still getting the volume, which is why his value on a week-to-week basis is up from previous seasons. But 
it's Mike Williams. His skill set is to go up and get that deep ball and, and you know, go over and moss, moss defensive backs for touchdowns. That is not a recipe for consistency. So, I don't, you know, I don't, where is Williams right now? Is he, is he in the, like the 15-ish range I'll probably? That. I'll vet that. Um, and I'll, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, Mike Williams has, has kind of been this up and down. I think he's had a couple, you know, he's had more bad weeks in the past two or three weeks than he's had good weeks. Um, so, I think he's, he's probably like the perfect flex player right now, which is fine because you drafted him in like the eighth or ninth round as your wide receiver four. So, assuming you held on to him, I would continue to start him, and hopefully you have some more consistent guys in your wide receiver one, wide receiver two slots. You know, I, the one that comes to mind, which I know we've said already, but like if you have Deontay and Mike Williams, that, that's just a, a wide receiver pairing that I absolutely love. I do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike Williams is the wide receiver 16 on the season. Okay. And he, so I think historically he has been the go up and get a guy. But they are using him differently this year. Yes, we 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 came into the season with the offensive coordinator who came from the Saints saying that basically he was going to play the Michael Thomas role in the offense. Yeah, that's a good and point. He, he has it. Just the game scripts have been different. You know, the Chargers right now are not as good as the Saints have historically been, and so um, the game scripts are a little bit different. The and and. You know, it just hasn't always fallen his way. For the most part, the volume has been there, though. I think for, I think something like three of the last four weeks, he's seen under six targets or something, mm-hmm. something along those lines. Whereas previously, he was seeing in the tennis range. But um, I'm not very concerned. Like yeah. I think Mike Williams will continue to be a, a wide receiver too for the rest of the season. I do think if you cannot afford the boom bust nature of, of of his play right now and you do need consistency i think he's still a sell high in that regard like yeah. I, I think that we always talk about the beginning of the season really it really prints you know imprints something in your brain where you sort of have that perception of that player locked in from the get-go based on how they did at the beginning of the season. Mike Williams started off as, I think, the wide receiver two, where he had three incredible weeks. And so if people still think of him as that, then he is a sell high, um, and you can get back some consistency. For example, I would sell Mike Williams to get back Deontay Johnson if that were an option. Yeah, agreed. And and maybe someone values Deontay a little bit more, but again, if you are... I don't know if you have like Amari Cooper, for example, as your other wide receiver on your roster, and Amari is has that boom potential, but he's a little bit more boom bust. And you, you know, you want to say, okay, like I've kind of got two wide receivers who are in that nature, and you package Mike Williams and RB three or something like that to get Deontay. You think you've made your roster significantly better on a week to week basis there? Yeah, and and Mike Williams is ahead of Deontay Johnson on the rankings for the season right now. I, so, so I believe Dante, Deontay has one less game. That's though, correct. That is... That's correct. Yeah, De- Deontay has slightly more points per game. Yep. But um, either way, regardless, Mike Williams has has been a tremendous draft pick, tremendous yes, value. Yes. Um, Keenan Allen, who was the presumed wide receiver one, probably still is the wide receiver one, Agreed. but. Um, the the gap is is less so than it has been in previous seasons. Keenan has been slightly disappointing, but still a really reliable asset in your every week starting lineup. Yes, yes, agreed. And coming on a little bit um, yep. in this part of the season as well. True. Jared Cook has been a solid streaming tight end in that Conklin tier as well. I yes. would say. Good call. 
And in terms of the running backs, historically, the Chargers have used a little bit of a committee where, you know, Eckler always got all of the passing work, but then there were other guys who got rushing work and, and things like that. This year, Eckler is more of a workhorse than he has ever been, and he is, I believe, the RB2, if not the three or four right now. Uh, he's the RB2. So, I mean, he, that's another one of the best draft picks of the offseason. Yes, um, absolutely. And, yeah, I mean, I, I think if you're an Eckler owner, you probably don't mind if if the Chargers mix in a couple more of those Roundtree and Justin Jackson rushing attempts. I think, obviously, you want Eckler to get worked down by the goal line, but Eckler's a smaller back. Um, he has does, does have an injury history, so if... Over the next couple of weeks, guys like Larry Roundtree, like Justin Jackson, like Joshua Kelly, eating into excuse me, eating into his touches a little bit. I wouldn't be sweating that too hard. Yeah, and we've talked about on previous episodes how none of them is an elite tier handcuff because they will all probably get work if yes. Eckler were to go down. Yep. Um, we'll move on to the Kansas City Chiefs, who sit at four and four, and this is weird. It's weird that the Chiefs are at four and four. Talk to me about what's happening with them. Yeah, um, it's it's two things, and one is consistent from previous seasons, and one is not. The consistent aspect of the Chiefs being four and four is the defense. It's it's terrible. They do not seem cannot seem to clean it up. Um, they have seemingly good individual players on that defense, but for whatever reason, they just cannot put it together as as a unit. Um, this is one of the defenses to target this season in in fantasy football. Um, and yes, partially that is because we expect the offense to score points, and you want points scored against, uh, you know, the the team you're, you're, you know, the team's players that you're playing. Um, but yeah, that you know that's sort of been the consistent thing that you know possibly cost them the Super Bowl as well too. They're they're bad defensive play. Um, and then the other thing too is just Mahomes has not been good to to start the season through through three eight weeks. I think he's leading the league in interceptions right now. Um, it's not affecting Tyreek, which is good if you have a Tyreek. It, it seems to be affecting Kelsey a little bit, and it's made some of those auxiliary pieces like Miko Hardman, um, Demarcus Robinson, I think less attractive than in previous seasons. Uh, is anyone a buy low? Um, no, because and then we'll get to this. We'll get to this. We'll get to the Bears in a little bit here. But I, I have similar worries to Ch that I do to David Montgomery, where. I think they want CH to succeed, but it would not shock me if the split in work um, when Clyde comes back from injury is more even than before before the uh, the injury happened. What about Mahomes and Kelsey? Yeah, I mean, if you can, uh, someone just traded for Mahomes in, in my work league. Um, their their record wasn't very. Uh, should say traded away Mahomes in my work league. The record wasn't very good. They were looking to shake things up. There was a trade involving Mahomes and Dak went the other way. If you, I still think Mahomes is going to finish in that top five right now. Um, so, like, I don't know. If you can trade Burrow plus something for Mahomes, I think I'd do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, same. Um, and I, I still believe Kelsey will be the tight end one on the yes, season. Yes, I agree. Denver Broncos are at 4-4. Four and four, um, Started hot, have not <laughs> been as hot since. I think let's start with the receivers. Cortland Sutton coming off the ACL has been really good, and if he had a better QB than Teddy Bridgewater throwing him the ball, he'd probably be a fantasy stud right now, right? He might next season. <laughs> he he might next season. Um, Jerry Judy 
started off really hot, but then he was injured after week one, missed a ton of time. This past week, week eight was his first week back. And so now he's going to get worked back in. I assume that means Tim Patrick will fall off. Um, and Sutton and Judy should both hold value. Yes, agreed. Um, Fant has been a solid tight end one, mid mid to low end tight end one, I would say. And then the running backs, we've talked a lot about Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. I still believe in Javante Williams' talent. Melvin Gordon is probably not going away. No, I don't think so. Um, but I I am still holding out hope that Javante takes over. And, and I think as the Broncos season gets away from them more, you know, they just traded Von Miller. I think yep. they are in a rebuild mindset. Yeah, that's a good point. I think as it gets away from them more, they shift more towards the future and start saying, okay, what can Javante Williams do for us as our workhorse running back? And then we'll see that hopefully for the last few games of the season, which will be the fantasy playoffs. Javante has the chance to be a league winner. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I, I, you know, thinking back to the before the season started, I think I like Javante like you did. I think I was a little bit more worried about Mahomes. Uh, sorry, not Mahomes, excuse me, uh, Melvin Gordon than, than you were. Um, Melvin has had a 1,000-yard rushing season pretty recently. I don't know if it was last season or the season before that, but he's, again, a lot of injuries this season at running back, but Melvin is RB15 on, on the season. Um, yeah, he, he's he's getting those touches, and he's getting passing work, and he's getting goal line work, and uh, yeah, I just I you know I think we're hoping if you're a Javante owner for that closer to sixty five thirty five split at the end of the season. I don't think we're ever getting to a point where it's the eighty twenty that you know represents kind of a bell cow a bell cow work for other teams. Yeah, I hope so. We'll see. Uh, we will move on over to the NFC. Yeah, I guess I'm up. So uh, let's start with the NFC North here. The seven and one Packers are leading the division. Let's uh, I don't know. I like we're have to dig into this one a little bit more probably on the uh, on the Monday episode. But Aaron Rodgers is been really good this season, and he also is not playing this week because he has COVID. Miles, what are your thoughts there? Well, I thought he was immunized. He you know he is immunized. Oh. He's just not vaccinated. Oh, I see. I see. See, he tricked you, but he didn't actually trick you. You're just part of the woke mob. Ah, uh, I see. I see. I mean, yeah. I mean, for fantasy purposes, for real, Aaron Rodgers has been great. Yeah, and I expect him to continue to be great when he does come back. Aaron Jones is an RB one. We knew that. He has yeah. performed like it. He's the RB five right now, and AJ Dillon is in that elite tier of handcuffs. Yes, and. You, Devonte Adams was an interesting player before the season started because that the start of the drafts were just so chock full of running backs, and the question I think we asked ourselves a lot is, okay, this RB or Devonte, this RB or Devonte, and we kind of went down the line, and you know, there's been RBs that have that have drafted ahead of him that have not panned out. McCaffrey comes to mind. That's obviously based on injury, not so much performance, but. If you took a shot on Devonte and you know that eight or like nine, you know one hundred eight, one hundred nine spot, I imagine you're probably pretty damn happy right now. He's been an absolute monster to start the season, and and yeah, we know this at this point. He and he and Tyreek are sort of in that tier by themselves, and um, it'll be interesting next season if you know depending on where Rodgers ends up, how we perceived Adams's value. But he's the wide receiver one or two rest of season i'd have to imagine right yeah he's he's one of four wide receivers to be averaging over 20 points uh per week yep. so yeah 
Um, and, you know, we always talk about this. You know, we spent time talking about this recently with Devontae being out. But MVS, Lazard, Randall Cobb, Equinemia, Sam Brown, is there any interest from you for any of those players right now? MVS and Lazard just a little bit. The, the order I would go in is Lazard, MVS, don't care. Okay. And Tunyon, did we, did we mention Tunyon yet? Out for the rest of the season. He was disappointing as a tight end. You know, one of the biggest fantasy falls from graces, graces that I can remember. Yeah, totally. Um, and I don't know if you mentioned this either, but A.J. Dillon has looked really good behind mm-hmm. Aaron Jones. He is now, I think, firmly entrenched in that elite, elite yes. handcuff tier. Absolutely. So um, we'll talk about this a little bit more on the uh, the Monday episode. We're going to talk actually about something, that, a trade that did happen in one of our friends' leagues. But if you have Aaron Jones and you are you can afford to maybe give up some RB value for some insurance. You know, maybe you have a, a six and two or seven and one go get AJ Dillon before the trade deadline um, is going to be the, is going to be the advice there. It's a little bit of a preview um, big gap in the, uh, in the North between the seven and one Packers and the three and four Vikings. Um, probably one of the more disappointing teams in the league right now, especially based on the weapons they have on offense. Let's start with, uh, with Kirk cousins. Um, he seems to pop up pretty consistently on our, on our streams, um, he's been kind of hit or miss, I think, in that role this season. What are your thoughts there on Kirk uh, moving forward, Mouse? Yeah, he's a he's a high end streaming option. He is not someone that I want to be rostering for the rest of my season, but he is someone that I'm happy to pick up on a week and then drop him the following week. He's like almost going to finish in that like fifteen to twenty range, right? I think probably thirteen to fifteen. Honestly, okay. all right. Um, yeah, I mean, let's let's transition to the running backs now. Uh, obviously, Dalvin has been probably one of the more up and down fantasy assets in the league this season. When he's played, he's largely been pretty good. He obviously had a, a little bit of a of a bad game last week, I believe, versus the the Cowboys. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's been really good when he's on the field, and when he hasn't been on the field, Alexander Madison has been a stud. Um, how do you perceive Dalvin rest of, you know, I, let me first say Madison is pretty firmly in that other, you yes. know, the handcuff tier that we yes. want. Um, again, another very good guy from an insurance standpoint. If you have Dalvin on your roster, where does Dalvin fall for you rest of the season? How are you perceiving his value? Our top five RB. Okay. I, I, I can't not, you know, mm-hmm. Be, and, and there was also a report from the Vikings that says that they're going to get them more involved. So that, that there says that they're going to get him more involved. So I buy into that. I, I think, you know, Dalvin is an elite running back. We know that. Yeah, I agree. Um, again, I, I really would emphasize, especially with Dalvin, because the injury history that maybe even more than Aaron Jones, he go get Madison, spend up a little bit to go get that to go get that insurance on your roster. I don't think we need to talk too much about Tyler Conklin. Um, he, he again is in. He's we sort of been the benchmark for that um, streaming tight end tier. He's going to continue probably to be that rest of season with an okay quarterback and a pretty good offense and a pretty bad defense. They will need to score points there. Let's move on to uh, the wide receivers. Justin Jefferson has been pretty good, and it seems like Thielen is coming coming on strong um, over the last couple of weeks here. What are your thoughts on those two moving forward? Yeah, Jefferson's a wide receiver one. Thielen is a wide receiver two. I want both of them actively. Okay, yeah. Um, KJ Osborne has popped off a little bit over the, over the couple of weeks to start the season. I don't think he's a redraft rosterable right now necessarily. Um, but I, I believe you spent up and actually got him in the dynasty league. He's a pretty interesting asset there. Yeah. Uh, Ian did. Oh, Ian. Sorry. I got Osborne in my other dynasty league and then traded him away. If you remember for Darnell. Moulin, right. 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 Which I'm happy about. Yeah. But, but interesting asset there again, Thielen's on the older side. This team is 
pretty historically supported two relevant wide receivers. So if in the next couple of years there, Osborne fills in that role, presumably behind Jefferson, then he could have some value dynasty-wise. Let's move on to the three and five Chicago Bears. Um, not necessarily the QB carousel, but uh, Andy Dalton has started some games there. Justin Fields has started some games. He's looked better recently. Um, I don't think we have any Nick Foles sightings yet. Not um, yet. I mean, hopefully not rest in the rest of the season yeah, as well, too. Um, something will have gone probably pretty wrong there if that, if that happens. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we're not going to see Dalton probably play again unless something goes very wrong for Fields. Fields has shown the talent in the past couple weeks there. Is, is there any interest in him this season in redraft? Not, an, not until I see it another time, and, and I don't expect to see it this week. I mean, we, we sort of tongue-in-cheek said it, but... His good game, his best game, came without Nagy. Um, yeah. And I think we'll probably want to see that happen with Nagy and have Nagy put together a game plan that suits Fields' skill set. Let's move on to the running backs here. And I know this is a a, uh, a unit that is near and dear to your heart and also probably one that makes you sweat quite a bit, Miles, as a Montgomery owner. Um, as a reminder, Montgomery had a very good start to the season. He was getting a lot of volume. He was getting some passing work, I, below, I believe, as well, too. Miles, keep me honest there. And then he for unfortunately sure. did go down, and he's been out for the past couple of weeks with, uh, with the injury. Um, he's been on IR. In that time, um, when M- Montgomery did go down, Damian Williams was the hot waiver wire pickup. There was kind of that couple-week stretch where it seemed like running backs were dropping like flies and handcuffs were getting very valuable. So Damian Williams was presumably the guy to own, um, while Montgomery is out, and it has not shaken out that way, Cool Herbert has been the go-to running back in Chicago, and he has looked awesome in that role. Um, we've talked about this a little bit, Miles, in past episodes, but moving forward, I mean, how do you see this? Is this Khalil is now going to be the handcuff to own behind Montgomery when he's back? Are you thinking this is going to be tracking towards an RBBC? Where are you at on this? Yeah, I think that... Montgomery's going to come back in week this week actually. And I'm not sure what we're going to see this week cuz Montgomery is working back from the injury, right. but I think when it all settles, Montgomery will get 60% of the touches, Khalil Herbert will get 40% and no one else will get touches. I I, I think Damian Williams is a drop. I just dropped Tariq Cohen in Dynasty. Okay. Um and so I really just think it's it's David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert and I think you need to trade away David Montgomery. I I am I'm so worried about him losing touches to Khalil Herbert. Khalil Herbert is really good. Yeah, yeah. And and and, and I think that if you can sell David Montgomery as a wide receiver one or a wide or, or sorry a running back one or or, or a high end running back two, get back someone that you have guaranteed volume for, then I'll I'll do that. Um, I'm not sure you will be able to make that trade, but if you can, that, that's something that I'm actively looking for. So let me toss some names at you then. Okay. Um, would you do David Montgomery for Chase Edmonds right now? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. It sounds like we're in that tier, though. Like yes. if you got yes. to get four net back, would you do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the tier. Okay, that's the tier. And here's the thing. I think that with David Montgomery, because of the name value, you can trade him away and get Edmonds plus 
a wide receiver. Something, okay. Fournette plus a wide receiver. And if that's the case, I'll do that. Um, I don't think I would do those straight up, but I might. I need to think more about those. But, you know, that's the tier that we're talking about. What about Mixon? We trade for yes, Kramer? I would take Mixon. Henderson? Yes, I would take Henderson. Okay. So, I mean, it really is basically if you can get him for a low-end top 10 running back or just outside the top 10, you're probably doing that. The running backs in that probably RB 13 to 17-ish tier, that's one where you're probably going to want an extra piece added on for your trade partner. Yes. Okay. Thank you for that. That is That helps clarify that. Um, I don't think we need to whole, spend a whole lot of time talking about receiving options on, on the Bears right now. A-Rob we'll talk about in a little bit in our takeaway segment. Again, just disappointing all around. Um, you know, actually, I will pause briefly. Is Mooney becoming more interesting uh, towards the end of the season? Mm, I Same thing as Fields. I need to see it again. Um, Mooney has been <laughs> the wide receiver one, yes, yeah. for fantasy purposes at least, of the two. Yep. A-Rob is a drop at this point. He's the biggest boss of the fantasy season, I think. And Mooney is rosterable, but that's about it. He's not someone I actively want to start right now. Yeah, agreed. Cole Komet, um, I'll just mention his name briefly. He, for me, is probably in that tier behind Conklin and Jared Cook. I'm looking for other options uh, other streaming options before pivoting to Komet. Agreed? Yeah, I've agreed. I feel good about Komet for Dynasty yep. um, once Jimmy Graham leaves. Okay. And uh, last team in the North right now, the 0-8 Detroit Lions um, with Dan Campbell, who's going to cry if they don't get a win soon. Let's start with Jared Goff. And I think probably the biggest takeaway is Jared Goff is nerfing value on this team. <laughs> Do you agree with that, Agreed. <laughs> Um, all right. I don't think we need to spend a whole lot more time. You're certainly not playing golf on a week-to-week basis. I, I think he's probably not even really a playable guy in a 2QB league if you have any other pivot options. Yeah. Um, let's go to the running backs. DeAndre Swift, man, has been an absolute re- revelation this season. One of the biggest steals of the draft. Agreed. And, and a player who we were so nervous about coming into the season, especially with Jamal Williams. Um but he's been an absolute stud. He is the number one receiving option on that team. That breeds value at the running back position in fantasy football. Um, he's a good runner. We knew that already. And, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, he's just there feeding him, which is what they should be doing. And it's unfortunate. You know, the Lions have kind of been this snake-bitten team at times where there's stuff that's gone wrong at the end of the games. They very easily could have a couple wins. And Swift, I think, is a big part of that. Is the takeaway... Like, is the lesson to be learned here that we overvalue situation for fantasy relative to talent? Should we take talent into consideration more than we do? It's possible, but chasing volume 99% of the time in in fantasy works. And that's what it was preseason for Swift. It was why, you know, if they loved Swift so much, why would they go out and get one of these perennially good backup running backs in Jamal Williams. And that's a good transition there because Jamal Williams, I think coming into the season, we thought of in that Madison Pollard tier. I I think he probably was one of those guys drafted in the eight to 10 round range where you said, Oh my goodness. Like if something happens to Swift, he's going to be an absolute stud and he's going to get some work behind Swift anyways. And at times it has seemed like that, you know, especially to start the season, but of late, I mean, it has been 
Swift is dominating the work there. Yeah, I think I think Williams is still maybe even in that elite tier of handcuffs. I'm not sure. Um, I think the the difference is we expected him to have more standalone value, especially sure. after the first week or two of the season, and and since then he yeah it's it's been all Swift. Yep. All right, let's move on from the uh, the wide uh, excuse me the running backs to the wide receivers here. Uh, just a couple names to throw out there: Yu-Gi-Oh, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Khalif Raymond, Quintez Cephas. Um, you know the guy who I think we talked about as the potential wide receiver one there on the season coming in before the season started. Tyra Williams has not made an appearance. Um, I believe that's still a concussion that he's dealing with. Yeah, I think he he played week one and oh, then did he? was okay. concussed mid oh, gotcha. halfway through that game. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it's been messy. Is there any of these guys that you are looking to roster right now, Miles? No, I'm okay stashing Amon Ra or Khalif Raymond. You know, if you have a deep bench, but. That's about it. No one needs to be rostered. Quintez was sort of looking like the wide receiver one, but then went out for the rest of the season. Um, I think that was an ACL, if I'm remembering correctly. But it, you know, it, it it the point is Swift is is basically the wide receiver one and running back one on this team, and the second receiving option, or maybe the first, d- depending on how you look at it, is my boy T.J. Hawkinson at tight end. Yeah, wax poetic about him for a little bit. What'd you say? Wax poetic about him for a little bit. <laughs> what wax poetic? Are you, I don't. Are you I don't think I know. I don't think I'm familiar with that term. That's like a you know, like you know, talk up your guy, gas him up a little oh, bit. Oh, okay. Take the victory lap. Yes, I, that's a new one for me. Um, yeah, I mean Hawkinson. Coming into the season, I was the biggest Hawkinson supporter that I knew, and he has really not disappointed. He's even in his off games. I think he had two or three back to back to back bad weeks. And he was still getting the volume. He was still getting the targets in that in those games. So I wasn't even worried about it when he did have those off games. But now we're seeing him bounce back. The volume is still there. He's now catching more, a higher percentage of those targets. And he just has such a safe floor in PPR relative to the other tight ends. He's yeah. not he's not the touchdown dependent tight end. He's that volume tight end, which is what I preferred roster. Yeah. Um, just want to quickly dig a little bit deeper there. Weeks three through five, he was three points, eight point two, four point two. So I think that's at that point there were some worries. Two of those three weeks he dipped he had dipped below four targets four targets, which we did not expect from Talk mm. Hawkinson. And then since then six, seven and eight, the um the lines are on by this week, but six, seven and eight 11, 9, 11. Who, who were those uh, opponents for in those in those sub-four target? Yeah, Baltimore, weeks. which is a, a good matchup nominally, and then mm. Chicago and Minnesota, which are bad right. at, at tight end. Okay. Um, one thing I will say here, I think we mentioned this in prepping for the episode, Hawkinson's rest-of-season schedule is pretty brutal. Um, True. I, I don't think we're advising to trade away Hawkinson with that in mind because tight end is so shallow that if you're getting, if you have a tight end who is getting volume in in the form of targets, then you hold on to them. But Chicago and Minnesota are back on the schedule. Obviously, they're in division matchups. He's got Arizona um, later in the season. You know, it does potentially free up a little bit. Um, but you know, there might be a couple of tough tough matchups. We're going to hope that Hawkinson continues to get that volume work. And if he does, we think that there will be some value there. Yeah, look, I, I love Hawkinson obviously, and I I think he's going to be good rest of season still. But I'm not completely blind to those issues. And so we talked about Travis Kelsey as a potential buy low. Mm. What if you sell Hawkinson and, you know, 
a Sutton or something a, like a that. A Sutton, sure, for Travis Kelsey. Oh, gosh. I'll do that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so that's that. I think is actually a realistic trade that you might be able to make. Sure. Um, so that's that's the type of situation where I would sell high on Hawkinson if I'm getting back another really good tight end, but. Otherwise, I'm okay just leaving Hawkinson in my lineup for the rest yep. of the season. Agreed. Agreed. All right. That wraps up the NFC North. Let's move on to the South. Um, let's start with the Buccaneers. 6-2 uh, and two right now. I mean, Tom Brady is going to show up in, in the quick takeaways for me. He is, I mean, ageless Tom. I don't know. Tom versus time. He's, he's, he's incredible. So he's incredible. Um, you're playing Brady if he's in your roster. Don't yeah, he's QB1. A whole lot more time than that. Um Let's quickly move on to running backs. Fournette has unexpectedly, I think, taken hold of this backfield. He is, Miles, keep me honest here, um, I, I believe he's in the top 12 right now for running backs on the season. I think he's very at the very bottom of the rb one. He is RB12. So, yeah, I mean, we know the, the, like, the talent with Fournette. He showed that to us when he was on Jacksonville getting all that volume. But this has been... I don't even want to say it's an RB by committee. I think we've used like the RB by Bruce Arians decision in the past. Yeah, like, what's and I, I tweeted this out and I think I talked about it on an episode. It's crazy because this is finally the season going into the season where we accepted that this would be an RBBC and that Bruce Arians is unpredictable and you couldn't really trust any of the running backs. And then this is the first season ever that one of the running backs is actually clear clearly the running back to own. Yep. For fantasy purposes, yeah. So it's it's frustrating in that sense, but Fournette's been really good. Yeah, um, Rojo is a drop. I think if you want, if yep. you want to keep him on your roster as a guy who who could be very valuable if something happens to Fournette, I think that's okay. But I I honestly think that if Fournette were to go down, Rojo would not get the passing work. I think it would go to Geo. Geo, and because of that, I I definitely wouldn't put Rojo in that elite tier running back uh, handcuff category. Yeah, so. agreed. I think he's probably in the tier below that for me. But Rojo is talented. I you know we forget yeah. that. Um, he's had turnover issues, which is probably you know part of the reason why Arians is okay having him be the second guy there. But um, you know, he's got the talent. So I still like him for dynasty. Yep. Agreed. Um, I we don't think we need to spend a whole lot of time on the wide receivers here. They've been awesome. Godwin has been good. Evans, you know, there were some worries to start the season, but he is now back to getting that end zone work, which is kind of always been Evans's game. AB has been injured for a little bit. I think this is potentially an interesting buy low opportunity. Um, yes, he should get healthy and he was pushing for the wide receiver one on this team. He's the wide receiver season. one. When the, when they're all, all on the field, he's the wide receiver one. It, it you know it, it just is what it is. And how does that affect your you how you're treating Mike Evans and Godwin when AB comes back? Does it affect? It, it pushes them down slightly, but I mean, it's it's hard because Brady seems to love Godwin. That he's the one that's getting the volume and. I honestly think that Godwin can afford to cede some of that volume and still be okay. Look, AB is really good, but Evans has a different skill set from him, a different skill set than he does, especially when it comes to the red zone. And that's always as it had been Evans's game. I don't think AB is going to going to threaten that. Okay. Um, I don't think we need to spend a whole lot of time on on tight ends. It's been frustrating with Gronkowski out. OJ Howard, neither OJ Howard nor Cameron Brate have established themselves. Gronkowski is hopefully back soon. Um, we've talked about him probably a little bit in the, in the recent episodes. He is probably a low-end tight end one when he when he gets back. Yeah, maybe even mid-range tight end one. He, he was seeing pretty good volume in addition to the touchdowns. Yep, so. yep. Let's move on to the Saints, 5-2. and two. Um, 
This is something we're going to talk about on the Monday night podcast or the Tuesday morning, I should say. Jameis Winston is now out for the season. Um, <laughs> Trevor Simeon is starting for quarterback at, uh, at quarterback in New Orleans this week. Um, maybe that's not a surprise given that they went with uh, Jameis as the more prototypical quarterback to start the season. Um, but I, 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 Miles, I think we think that Taysom Hill will be the quarterback moving forward after this week. I really hope so. Yeah, I hope so too, especially on my dynasty roster where I've got Trevor Lawrence and, and Sam Darnold. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about this, I think, last episode with the impact of the Jameis injury. We're probably downgrading even further all of the receiving options on the Saints. Um, maybe a slight downgrade to Kamara because Taysom will be a guy who calls his own number on the goal line. That was not Jameis's game. Um I don't know, you know, do we need to spend a whole lot of time on Kamara? Kamara continues to be good. He's getting yeah, a ton of, ton of receiving work. Let it, let's pause for a brief moment on Mark Ingram. I know we have talked about him recently with the trade, but is Mark Ingram in that Madison Pollard tier for you? Are you going to try and go get him if you're a Kamara owner? No, he's not in that tier. He's probably the next tier um, where I think he would see really strong volume. He's just so old and, and, and doesn't have the explosivity that would warrant him being a you know a top waiver priority if Camaro were to go down. Sure. Um, a bit of news: Michael Thomas is now out this season. He is not coming back. Yeah. That is very gross. If you were a redraft um, in a redraft league and took a later shot on Thomas, but he is now a drop. Um, so you know there it is. I, there is no wide receivers on this team that I want to roster right now. Nope. Um, so I, you know Callaway, Harris, Traycon Smith. If you need to make space on your roster and you have me rostering those guys, go ahead and do it. Let's move on to the Panthers at 4-4. Four and four. Sam Darnold has, was started the season really, really well. He was, I think, somewhere in the kind of the QB 5 or 6 range, mid-QB mid 1 tier. Um, he has been terrible since then. And, and Miles, I think we need to talk about these two things in, in parallel, that once McCaffrey went down, this offense has looked entirely different. Yep. Chuba has been productive enough, I think, or he's been productive in in filling in for McCaffrey, but it is pretty clear that this offense just does not function as well with McCaffrey out, and that is impacting DJ Moore and and Robbie Anderson. Um, We've talked extensively about Robbie Anderson and how he is a drop. What are your thoughts on DJ Moore moving forward, you know, presumably with McCaffrey getting back in the next couple of weeks here? Yeah, I am optimistic that McCaffrey coming back will right the ship a little bit, enough enough to, to make DJ Moore a wide receiver too. I think he has really not been a wide receiver too the yeah. last four weeks, yeah. and I think that he can, he can step back into that wide receiver two role. I don't think he will be the wide receiver one that we saw for the first three or four weeks of the season. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but with Darnold's start, he is still in that low end, or sorry, high end QB two range. So he has not been playable of late. Um, I imagine in a two QB league, you've probably been pivoting away from him in the past couple of weeks. I would not be going to grab Darnold the second that McCaffrey comes back. Let's see it for a couple of weeks, but it is possible. I think within the realm of possibilities that we find some middle ground between what we were seeing to start the season and what we've been seeing of of late from Darnold's. Let's move on to the Falcons at three and four. Um, Matt Ryan continues to be, I think, pretty consistent. We sort of knew what his ranking or tier was going to be coming into the season. He is sort of in that Kirk Cousins tier. Um, 
not very exciting, doesn't have a whole lot of upside, you know, there's no rushing there, um, and, and, you know, lost a pretty good weapon in Julio to start the season, you know, we'll talk about Calvin Ridley in a second here, you know, Maz, I think Ryan is an okay pivot from a streaming standpoint, anything else to add there? Nope. Um, let's move on to Cordero Patterson, who is, you know, spoiler alert, he's going to show up on our, our quick takes as one of the better pickups and more surprising players of the season. Patterson has been a monster, and he's getting a whole lot of, of volume. Is Patterson a sell high right now? I don't think so. Do you? Yeah, I think a little bit. Um, I Really? That's so interesting. Why? Be- because I I think this offense is going to function worse without without Ridley, and, and I don't know, you know, maybe he comes back soon, maybe he doesn't. I don't think we have a whole lot of clarity around that. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I think... Patterson's but also super efficient. He's scoring a lot as well too. That again, that that's part of the the uh, offense functioning worse argument. Pitts continues to come on as well too and become a you know I, I think by end of season the go to receiving asset uh, or the receiving option on that team. Um, I don't think it's a ton. I think the argument is sort of similar to the Jamar Chase thing where he will slide down in his tier. So I don't think there's a reason to sell maybe. But I, I, you know, I, what is Patterson? Patterson is RB running eight, back I'm eight on sure. the season. Yeah. It would not surprise me in the slightest if he is closer to that 10 to 12, 10 to 14 range by the end of the season. Okay. I, I get it. He's he's a wide receiver in the running back position. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Pitts briefly. I mean, I don't think there's a whole lot of time to spend here. Is he a mid, mid-range mid tight end one with upside rest of the season? Yeah, probably high higher than that i think i think he's a i think he's a top tier tight end so he's in that kind of that five you know we think kelsey's the one probably so you think pitts is going to finish in that two to five range probably yeah i think so i mean he is the number one receiving option for the team yes that's just is what it is the issue with that is now defenses are starting to recognize that Mm -hmm. play him as a wide receiver and it is hard for him to produce he's still a rookie but um I mean, yeah. Regardless of where he finishes this year, he's the he's the dynasty tight end one to me. Yep, agreed. Um, and and we actually saw that last week with the Panthers with this yeah. Gilmore. He was back, and Gilmore was on him for most of the game. Yep. And that's going to be the case too with Ridley being out. We've talked about Ridley last episode. He is stepping away from the game for a little bit for at least you know undefined amount of time. I should say for some amount of time for mental health they reasons. They did. I don't know if you saw this, but the Falcons did put him on IR, which means he's missing a minimum okay. of three games. All right. Um, so, you know, Pitts will be the one option, and they'll also be the option that defenses can probably focus on over the next couple of weeks here. Mike Davis has been pretty disappointing. Um, I don't think anyone predicted the quarter breakout, and that's obviously very much hampering Mike Davis's value. I think he's probably an unexciting RB3 rest of season. What are your thoughts there? Yep, I, I would agree. He's currently the RB33, which, you know, you look at that and you, you say it, it isn't great, but he is averaging 10 points a game, Yeah, which is, you know, for an RB3, that's, that's pretty ideal. Yeah. There aren't many running backs in the league who can average 10 points a game, so he's an every week start if you need to. He's an every week flex option. Yep, agreed. Um... I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on the wide receivers. I, my expectation is with Ridley out, various weeks, Russell Gage, Tajay Sharp, Olamide Zacchaeus will probably pop, and you're not, I, think you're gonna, I don't think you're going to know who it's going to be in a given week. So with that being said, I don't think either of those, any of those guys have any value. Yep. 
All right, let us move on to the NFC East. We're going to start with the 6-1 Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott, I believe, expected back this week, correct? I hope so, yes. Um, yeah, Dak's been good when he's played. Obviously, it's it's unfortunate that he's been been a little bit of late by the injury bug. Um, but, yeah, having a good quarterback is important to having other good fantasy assets, uh, relevant fantasy assets on a roster, and this is a good example of that. Um, let's start with Zeke, who I don't think was getting disrespected coming into the season, but certainly was not in that top five RB conversation, at least in my recollection. And rest of the season, I think he is firmly in that tier and you know perhaps a little bit behind guys like Jonathan Taylor. But you know I think Zeke versus... Dalvin, for example, I think is an interesting is an interesting conversation. Yeah, I'd probably put them both in the top five. All right, um, don't need to spend a whole lot of time there. Let's quickly talk about Tony Pollard. We've mentioned him a couple times in that elite tier, um, elite handcuff tier. It's possible you could say that Pollard's been disappointing a little bit this season because he has lacked some of that standalone value that we thought, and we actually saw that very early in the season as well. Too, you're thinking, you know, I think we remember asking ourselves, is Pollard the back to own this offense and I think we urge patience at that time, and that patience has hopefully paid off for you. Um, yeah, Pollard is still good. He's still talented, but the Cowboys are doing the right thing and leaning on Zeke, who is who is a monster. Let's talk about the receiving options now. Um, CD and Amari have been the go-to wide receivers this season. I think we maybe expected this or predicted this coming into the season, but CD has stepped up and is now pretty clearly the 1A in that offense. Um, I agree. That does not mean that Amari's not been valuable. He actually just had a very good game with Cooper Rush as his quarterback. Um, I am, as an Amari owner, hoping that he continues to get some of that volume and, and makes good use of it. Um, but, you know, CD is a low-end wide receiver one, probably. Amari is a mid- to high-end wide receiver two for me. I would I would downgrade both of those a little bit relative to what you just said. Really? C- CD is probably a high-end two. Amari is a mid- to low two for me. All right. Um, is there is that because players are coming back right now? What's the? Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just because there are other guys I would put ahead of them. You know, okay. they are neither of them is in the top twelve currently. I, I'd have to check on point points per game, but I just don't feel like they have the every week reliability that some other guys in the league do. Fair enough. Um, let's move on. To, uh, you know, in terms of wide receivers, Cedric Wilson has been. Decent, um, filling in for Michael Gallup. Yeah, not really a fantasy option. Not a fantasy relevant option, though. Um, Gallup is coming back. Is he an interesting player to you, Miles? He's definitely interesting. I am curious to see what happens when with Dalton Schultz when he comes back, because Dalton Schultz has been a fairly reliable tight end for you, a, a very good waiver pickup, and that we sort of surmise is because Gallup hasn't been there. So I am curious to see what happens when Gallup comes back and where those targets go. Yeah, that's a good point. We really have not seen this offense with all of the um, the weapons available. So uh, Gallup goes injured very early in the season, right, I believe? Uh, yeah, after week one. Okay, so we haven't seen Gallup in this in this offense. Um, it will be interesting when all those guys are healthy and what the, what the split there looks like. Let's move on to the Eagles at three and five. Jalen Hurts has been the definition of a good fantasy quarterback. So good. 
um, and he's been a terrible uh, real-life quarterback. But <laughs> this is fantasy. Um, so Hurts has been good. Continue to play Hurts. Um, I actually I don't think that Hurts has been a terrible real-life quarterback. I strongly disagree I with that think, take. Really, I think that he's in a really bad situation. He doesn't have good weapons. Devontae Smith is good, but he's a rookie. Everyone else is, is a bad wide receiver relative to NFL wide receivers. And he just lost Zach Ertz. Dallas Goddard is good, but not great. You know, the the his coach, Nick Sirianni, is, probably wasn't ready to be a head coach in the NFL and, and call plays for this team. And it just hasn't been working out. I think that if he were in a different situation, he'd be do, you, you would not be saying that he hasn't been a good NFL quarterback. I, That's I, my take. I doubt Hurts' decision-making pretty, pretty substantially. Okay. Um, I, I, I think the... You know the the tools there. You know, I think he's a decently talented guy, but you know we'll we'll see. With the way the Eagles are going right now, it would not shock me if that coaching staff is out in the next couple of years. Here, we'll see if they yeah. pivot at quarterback. Um, but yeah, let's you know let's run through those options really quickly. Devonta Smith has been pretty disappointing there. I I still believe in Devonta Smith. I really chalk oh, it yeah. up to to Hertz's play. Um, you know Devonta Smith is the second best rookie rookie wide receiver probably this season and. Um, I still think he's a good dynasty asset there. Yeah, and and also if you play in a dynasty league with maybe unexperienced dynasty players, uh, see if you can trade Devonte Smith sure. and see if they're unaware that he will improve throughout his career because yep. he's a great dynasty asset. Totally agree. Dallas Goddard, you just mentioned. Um, I think we're, he's probably in that eight tight end eight kind of tier yeah. for you. Um, so uh, uh, you know a mid to low end tight end one on a week to week basis depending on the matchup. I, you know, in terms of other wide receivers, Rager, Quez Watkins, none of those guys have really step, stepped up in that, you know, wide receiver two role. That's not surprising if Devontae Smith has a nominal one there, has not been productive. Let's spend a little time on the backfield right now, Miles, because Miles Sanders, who we were worried about coming into the season, that's come to fruition, and he has not been very good. He is out right now for at least, I think, the next week. Um, and. We thought Kenneth Gainwell's looked like the handcuff back there was going to be a, a smash play last week. And um, not really because of production, mostly because of scoring opportunities. Boston Scott and Jordan Howard had really good weeks while Gainwell did most, you know, close to nothing. Are you interested in any of these players? I, I, you know, I don't want to say this week, but because we've kind of addressed that already, but rest of season, do you think this is going to be. Sanders' backfield, going back to RBBC, is someone going to merge here? Yeah, no, I, I think it's going to be an RBBC, as I thought it was coming into the season, and it goes back to what I was saying about Sirianni. I think I don't think that he is managing this team well, and I don't trust the backfield at all. I don't trust anyone. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, and and I bl- was Howard or Scott one of your sell highs, I think, last week? He, I think I was considering it, but didn't put either of them gotcha um but, but yeah sure sell high or maybe i did say i don't remember but yes sell high on them if you can yes agreed um let's move on to washington football team at two and six one of the more disappointing teams in the league right now um we were hoping that the defense was going to continue to be good and and you know they're going to have improve offensively as a reminder ryan fitzpatrick was not only a starting quarterback coming into the season he was injured in week one and is out for the rest of the season Taylor Heineke has been at times a bit of a streaming darling. He's had a couple of very, very good games, but I think as we expect with most backup quarterbacks, he's settled in, you know, to a, a, a you know, consistently worse performances than he, than some of the flashes that we saw. 
um, as teams, you know, get more tape on him. Um, I don't think Heineke is probably going to be a streaming option really at all rest of season unless we see it improve over the next couple of weeks there. Yeah, I think I think in the right matchup, I'm okay streaming him. He, he's been he's the QB 14 right now, oh, okay. so he, he hasn't been bad. All right, a little better than I thought there. Um, let's move on to the pass catchers. Really, I think the only name here we need to spend any time on is Terry. Terry's been okay. Um, I think he's sitting around wide receiver 14 right now. I will double check on that. But, Miles, how are you perceiving Terry rest of season? Yeah, he's he's the wide receiver 15 right now. Um, I'm perceiving him as about that, a wide receiver 2, a mid-wide receiver 2. He's been pretty boom-bust. I still so strongly believe in the talent. Yes, Terry is a great wide receiver. He just, you know, his the quarterbacks throwing to him haven't been great, and that's he was drafted so highly this year because of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick has not been playing, and so, you know, Terry gets a, a downgrade from that. I will... I, you know, I think we should also talk about Curtis Samuel. He was someone that I was very vocal about in the offseason about drafting, and it did not pan out. He was placed on IR, then he came back, seemed pretty good, but then missed more games. And, you know, it's it's been really frustrating. You just haven't really been able to use him. He's He's one of the bigger busts. Probably next season... I, I, I will be in on Curtis Samuel again, yeah, right. but for this this rest of the season, I'm, I'm probably out. All right. Um, just a, one one additional point there on Terry. So I just pull up his game log. He has, through eight weeks, I think he has, looks like, five games of less than 11 points and three games above 25. So, well, you know, like, we think of, like, a guy like Deontay Johnson, for example, and in the kind of a similar tier as Terry, and Deontay Johnson is getting it done on like 15 to 17 points a game, you know, pretty much week to week. Pretty so, and and that's another name we you know we talked about that Mike Williams thing that Terry McLaurin people still remember the name for being high yep. in draft season. If you can sell Terry McLaurin for Deontay Johnson, I'm doing that in a heartbeat. So that's another good name to bring up in yeah. that you know in that tier of guys. You need to start thinking about how your roster is constructed and what's going to win you that championship. Yeah, agreed. Um, let's move on to tight end. Probably one of my favorite by lows right now is is Logan Thomas, actually. And, yep. I, you know, Logan Thomas was productive. He was decent when he was playing. Um, this is really about how thin the tight end position is, though. Like, if you have a productive guy that you're not worried about, you know, moving out of your starting roster on a week-to-week basis, you have an advantage at, at, at that position this season. And... I expect Logan Thomas to come back and be productive, and I am sure that whoever is rostering right now has some level of frustration. It is possible they ran out of patience, and you know if you're weak at tight end and that's a position you want to you know to to strengthen, and you're okay maybe having. And is he back this week? I can't. I don't know if I saw any reports I believe, on that. I believe the football team is on bye for week nine, oh, so yep. week ten he should be back. Right. So you know even better if you can if you can eat that bye for a week, um, which you've been, you know, streaming tight ends presumably up to this point, then I think he's a good good trade um trade low candidate. Yeah, I agree. Through three games that he's played, he's averaging eleven point two points, which would put him in the top ten yeah, tight ends. That's really so good. um, you know, he's someone who you would want to play on a weekly basis. Ricky Seals Jones has done a good job filling in. Yeah. And I think that Logan Thomas will be even better than Ricky Seals Jones has yes, been. Agreed. Probably the wide receiver or, or the the number two receiving option for the team um, once he is back. Yep. Let's wrap up the Washington football team with the backfields right now. Um, Antonio Gibson, <sighs> one of the more disappointing players through the first half of the season, 
it has been injuries, it has been lack of volume, it has been lack of specifically passing volume. Miles, I mean, I think we've talked about this in recent weeks that this is a player that you want to try and move off of your roster. Is that still how you think about Gibson? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be difficult because his value is not very high right now. So it's it's difficult to trade him and get back value that would be that would make the trade worth it, but he is just not getting the touches that you need to see. JD McKissick is getting the pass catching work. Jarrett Patterson is now being worked in on the early down work and 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 Gibson like you said has been one of the more disappointing players for fantasy this year. Yep. Um I will just mention that JD McKissick currently sits at RB21. That is entirely off of the receiving work pretty much. The last couple of games there he has had 8, 6 and 10 targets. He's been efficient with those targets from a yards per uh per reception standpoint. Um yeah, I mean, this is frustrating. And 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 Gibson's RB18 for comparison. Yeah. And look, like, we were worried about this coming into the season. This was a possibility because yep. this is how McKissick was used last year as well, too. And the hope, if you're a, a Gibson rosterer, was that they're going to realize that Gibson has that skill set and that they would pivot to him as the bell cow. And it hasn't come to fruition, unfortunately. Yeah, here's what happened. We were drafting him as though it, it was either going to to be the exact same situation as last year or as though he was going to win over the pass catching. He did not win over the pass catching and he's being used the same way that he was last year, but last year he had a ton of touchdowns and the touchdowns have regressed as you would have expected statistically. And now because of that, he is just disappointing for fantasy and he's not really producing at at the running back two level that we were hoping for yep totally agree i do have some breaking news here um oh the panthers are activating rb christian mccaffrey oh with hopes that he will play tomorrow after being on ir with the hamstring injury there we go so he is gonna probably do a pregame workout they will double check on him but you know the panthers hopefully and especially based on where they are in the rankings or standings i should say they've hopefully been conservative with Kister McCaffrey I would probably play him in my in my lineup if he's oh yeah back. if he's back you got to play him all right let's move on to the tight uh, excuse me the Giants and wrap up the NFC East here let's start with Daniel Jones um not never an exciting game to talk about fantasy wise but he's actually been at times a pretty good option um streaming option this season I don't think he's quite in that Kirk Cousins tier for me because I think that Jones lacks the floor that that Cousins some of those other guys do, but matchup dependent. I think he's been he's been okay, um, and you know to his credit, he's been doing it with probably one of the most depleted weapons in the entire league right now. The Giants' offensive weapons cannot stay healthy. Um, that I think that list probably starts with Saquon Barkley, who has been one of the bigger disappointments of of the season. I, th- I think across the entire league, um, you know, it's it's unfortunate that this continues to be an issue with with Saquon the injuries. Um, Saquon is hopefully back either this week or next week, I believe. Devontae Booker has been okay um, in his stead while while Saquon's been out. But Miles, where what are you thinking about Saquon rest of season? You know, presumably when he is back and and healthy. Yeah, he's he, we already know that he's out for this game, but he will. Gotcha. I think he okay. will be back for week ten. Um, yeah, I mean, when he plays, I'm 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 totally fine starting him, and and he's you know a, a top seven running back when he does come back. Sure, but 
it, like you said, it, it is really frustrating. Um, and I think that people who drafted Saquon are really frustrated, and I know you think Saquon is a great buy low, and I agree there. Yep. Um, I will say, you know, it's a very small sample size this season for Saquon. Specifically, he's only had three games when he had played more than 80% of the snaps. Those games were nine points versus Washington, and then 21 and, and 30 versus Atlanta and a very good New Orleans defense. So, um I, you know, I will say this offense does look a lot different than when Saquon was starting the season. That's we'll talk point. about him in a second here, but we've had the pseudo-emergence. We've had at least a breakout game with Kadarius Toney. Um, you know, the the weapons have not been healthy, as I said. So it'll be interesting what Saquon's workload looks like, specifically his receiving workload, when some of these players, or I should say if some of these players like Kenny Galladay, like Sterling Shepard, like Darius, do get back and get healthy. Um Let's talk about those those players briefly, Miles. You know, I just mentioned a couple names there. Kadarius, Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay. I'll throw Darius Slayton in there. I think we both believe that Dante Pettis and John Ross are buried on the depth chart. But talk about those four wide receivers in terms of who you want rest of the season and where you kind of have them perception-wise. Yeah, I'll rank them rest of season. Kadarius Tony, Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay, Darius Slayton. Wow. Um, I think Kadarius Tony has the safest floor with upside. Sterling Shepard should also see a lot of targets. Kenny Galladay has been disappointing. One, he's been he's been injured, but he was he was playing at the beginning of the season. And here's the deal, and here's what we should have realized coming into the draft is that Kenny Galladay is a go up and get it guy, right? He doesn't get a lot of separation. And Daniel Jones, who I continue to believe is not that great of a real-life NFL QB, is looking for separation. Those are the receivers that he wants to throw to because he, he, he doesn't trust himself to throw to a man who's, who's so heavily covered. Kadarius Toney, Sterling Shepard, get more separation than Kenny Galladay does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kadarius Toney especially. And because of that, Toney is a preferred target over... Uh, over Galladay and and Galladay will get some targets per game but I just don't believe that he is going to be the wide receiver too that we were hoping for in draft season Kadarius on the other hand has a very safe floor with a ton of upside um and and similar thing there for for Shepard Darius Slayton you don't need to roster I I think we disagree a little bit on on Kadarius I think we've talked about this previously where I am more nervous about the workload. I, I totally buy into Kadarius being an electric player who can do a lot with a little. But in my recollection, the two games that he's had good games in, we have, you know, the Giants have been missing offensive playmakers in those games. And I will need to see at least probably a week of Kadarius being productive with some of these guys like Shepard, like Galladay back, and then I will buy in. Um, the only other name I, I will want to mention briefly is Evan Ingram. He's been disappointing at tight end this season. He has not taken that step forward. Again, we can probably attribute some of that to uh, Daniel Jones. He is not rosterable. Um, and, and, you know, I, I don't think he's even probably a pivot in terms of a, a streaming option on a week-to-week basis. Agreed. Let's f- uh, round out the uh, the league here with the NFC West, probably one of the better one of the better divisions in the in the league right now. We are starting with the seven and one Arizona Cardinals. And um, Miles, I think you know I, I'm 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 not low on this player, but I think you've been a Kyler guy for a pretty long time. You you like him. Um, he, he's a little banged up right now, unfortunately, but Kyler is. You know, he was in that top five conversation coming into the season, and he has paid dividends, right? I mean, he's just been really, really good. 
Yeah, he's he's been really really good. He's been more boom bust than he has been in previous seasons. Um, last season, you know, for the first like ten weeks of the season, he was scoring over twenty points per game. But this, <clears throat> excuse me, this season there have been games where he scored like nine points um, or, or you know something along those lines. So he hasn't been quite as consistent, but he he is still a, a great quarterback for fantasy purposes. He you know Russian quarterbacks are cheat codes. We've talked about it before. Yep. Yep. Um, let's move on to the wide receivers in Arizona right now. The headliner, uh, I think, as always, is going to be DeAndre Hopkins. Um, you know, I think we'll list these guys. And we can go back and pick through them. But behind Hopkins are some combination of Christian Kirk, A.J. Green, Rondell Moore has at times blown up this season. Um, you know, let me, let's talk about Hopkins first individually because this is a player who's going to show up later in the episode here. Um where are you at on Hopkins right now? Yeah, Hopkins is is obviously an every week starter in your lineup, but he is a, a sell high to me. He is getting it done via touchdowns, which has never been his game. We know that touchdowns are not a sticky stat. They can regress even mid-season, and that's what I'm expecting for Hopkins because his his the volume that he's seeing is just not there. And also or sorry, the the volume that he has historically been seeing is just not there this season and I also think there's a chance that the Cardinals regress just a little bit. They're, they had one of the best, most explosive offenses in the league for the first half of the season. It's possible that that comes down just a little bit. Teams start figuring them out a little bit more, and then the touchdowns come come down a little bit, in which case DeAndre Hopkins' value comes down a little bit. So if you can sell him as a top five wide receiver like he was when he was he was drafted, he I, I'll do that in a heartbeat. Yep, I agree. Um I think my take on the rest of this receiving core is that it's going to be frustrating on a week-to-week basis. This has been pretty consistent, I think, since the start of the season. You know, for example, one thing I will say is uh, AJ Green is out this week, so if you're rostering a guy like Christian Kirk or Rondell Moore, and, you know, you're dealing with some buys as well, too, I don't think those are bad guys to slot into your flex and hope for, for you know, a big play from them. All of these players, all these guys are playmakers, but... You're just not getting consistency uh, in any of these guys on a week-to-week basis. Let's pivot over to the running backs quickly. Um, Chase Edmonds and James Conner are the two the two notable names here um, at running back. I think we've talked recently about Conner, how I think of him as a pretty overvalued guy right now and, and a trade-away target. Um, I, I, I like Edmonds. Um, you know, he, he's a guy who is valuable because of that re- that receiving work. I don't think anything is going to be changing rest of season on that. Um, you know, Zach Ertz is now in the mix here, um, which, you know, adding a short yardage guy would theoretically scare me, but he's taking over for, for Max Williams, who is getting some of that vo- volume as well, too. So I like Edmonds. I don't think he's necessarily a trade, uh, you know, a trade for a trade low guy, but you know, I think he's probably, my guess would be he's in that 18 to 22 range probably in, in the standings right now, in the rankings, and I expect that's probably where he'll end up, you know, rest of season. Yeah, he's RB17 right now. Okay. I think that will, imp- that will improve by the end of the season. Okay, yep. So you like Edmonds, yeah? Yeah, I like Edmonds. And um, let's talk briefly about Zach Ertz. I, I did just mention him, but I think we're still of the belief that he is a top 10, you know, probably like a... 8 to 10 guy probably is that right 8 to 12 okay. he he is the bottom tier of tight end ones to me he's above the Conklin tier that we've been referencing sure. throughout the podcast yep all right like that take um 
Let's move on to the Rams, also at 7-1. and one. I'm going to talk briefly about Matthew Stafford. He's going to come up later as well, too. Yeah, you were also the biggest singer of the Rams' praises in the offseason, so this is your victory lap. Yes, a little bit of validation for me here. Stafford has been awesome. Um, I, you know, I think the thing for me was this was always kind of an obvious thing. Stafford's always been good, and it's never been the issue with him when he was in Detroit. It was always... The weapons around him once Megatron left, and also the, the dysfunction in the in the coaching staff on that team. He has been he has better weapons now than he has ever had in his entire career, and it's paying dividends in the form of in the form of his production. Um, so you know, Stafford's a good quarterback, and there is a cyclical kind of you know back and forth nature with that and the weapons on a team if they are both if they're both good. Um, Cooper Cup has been I, I don't I don't know the words to describe what Cooper Cup is doing this season, Miles. It's it's been incredible. Um we were hoping for a bump for all of these guys with Stafford with Stafford replacing Jared Goff, but no one I don't think imagined the ceiling that Cooper Cup is showing right now. And, and it's and it's almost like not even a ceiling because it's on a week to week basis what he's doing. Um but yeah, Cup is incredible. There's no actionable fantasy advice around Cup because you can't get him right now, and, and you shouldn't be trading him away. Um, Robert Woods and Van Jefferson are the other two notable wide receivers on this team. Let's talk a little bit about Bobby Woods quickly, because we talked about, I think, Jefferson last episode as a waiver wire target and, and what his role might be. But, you know, you mentioned earlier, Miles, that maybe Deontay Johnson is assuming the mantle of the next couple of seasons as, like, your wide receiver two who you feel so great about on a week-to-week basis. Is Woods not that this season at this point even? He has been less consistent than he has been in previous seasons. He's the wide receiver 18, which is fine relative to where you drafted him. Sure. That, that's fine. He's returning on value. But typically, we, we drafted him as a, floor gl- as a floor guy. He has not been that this season. It's okay, but uh, you know it's been a little frustrating um, and, and, and a pretty rocky road if, if you drafted Woods. Yes, I agree with that. I will say he's been a little bit better of late than he was to start the season yep. when we were having some serious concerns there. I'll mention Tyler Higby quickly. He's been a bit disappointing in terms of where he's at tight end-wise right now. It's not a very deep position. I would continue to try and roster Higby. Um, I think there's going to be weeks when you're okay to pivot away from him if you can you know, match up match up dependent get guys like Conklin or like Jared Cook into your lineup um I'm hoping that Higby comes on a little bit towards the end of the season and then I will wrap up the Rams with the backfield really quickly I think I was a Henderson guy coming into the season and yeah Henderson's been awesome um again another example of when you have a good offense and oftentimes that is directly tied to who the quarterback is it boosts the value of all the pieces on, on the team. And Henderson is getting the bell cow work, which was perhaps a question coming into the season with the acquisition of Sonny Michelle. And he's also getting receiving work as well, too. And as a result, I believe Henderson is sitting right at that bottom of the RB1, RB1 list. Um, and I don't think he's going to move anywhere this the rest of the season. I expect him to probably finish in that... 8 to 12 range um, when, when all, we're all set and done here. Um, anything I agree. to add there, Miles? Uh, no, I agree. I think he might even finish higher than that. And Sony Michelle is definitely in that elite tier of handcuffs. D- Daryl Henderson, by the way, is another one of those biggest steals of the draft. Yep. 
Agreed. Agreed. And he actually missed a week as well, too. I should, I should yeah. note that. Um, let's move on to the three and four San Francisco 49ers. Um, Jimmy G has largely been the quarterback in San Francisco, which is perhaps not what we expected coming into the season. He's been okay. Um, not necessarily a fantasy asset you want to be playing, but he has supported supported other irrelevant fantasy assets, and that's oftentimes what we're looking for. Um, Miles, I don't think I think Jimmy is probably in that tier below Kirk in how I'm thinking about rest of season. Is that yeah? I don't want. I mean, I don't even want to start Jimmy in good matchups. Okay, fair enough. Um, are we? And you know, this has been a back and forth conversation. Are we expecting the Trey Lance takeover at some point here? No, I'm not. I'm over it. All right, disappointing. Um, feel great about him for dynasty. Yep, agreed. Um, let's move on to the wide receivers here. Another one of these surprises. Oh my goodness, Debo. I mean that he is he's a monster. Um again, another one of these guys who we had some concerns coming into the season and I will say the bit, little bit of banged up like that he's been banged up a little bit of late kind of does scare me a little bit because that is a history for Debo. Um but he had a calf injury coming into week 8 and proceeded to go for 171 yards through the air. So um, yeah, I, I don't, again, there's not a whole lot of actionable advice here. Enjoy Debo being on your team if he's on your team. Wide receiver four. And, yeah. And, and I mean, he, I mean, just the, the dynamic where, where you drafted him. He's another one of the biggest steals of the draft. Everyone thought Ayuk, he's doing what people were hoping Ayuk would do. Yeah, agreed. And I mean, he's, he's even surpassing that, but, but people drafted Ayuk in the fifth, sixth round hoping that he would be a wide receiver too for your team. Debo was drafted a couple rounds later in the eighth or ninth round, seventh or eighth round and is a wide receiver one. Yep. It's pretty remarkable. Yep. Um, remind me, Miles, this season with the the longer season, is week 16 going to be? Uh... Week 16 would be the fantasy semis. Okay. So I'm pulling up Debo's game log right now. I mean, week 12 on, Minnesota, Seattle, Cincinnati, Atlanta, Tennessee, Houston in in, in the championship <laughs> week. I again, I don't think you can buy Debo right now, but no. you just look for and and look the yards per uh, part reception have been huge right now. I think I had mentioned that he is two on that list behind Jamar Chase within the top ten current standings for wide receiver. So there may be some regression coming here, but you're not regressing to wherever you took Debo in the draft. Let's talk about Brandon Ayuk quickly. Um, he's still a player that I'm not really interested in. I believe, Miles, you talked about how he's coming on a little bit, and he would potentially be a waiver wire guy. Yeah, so I week. did bring that up, but Kittle is coming back this week, yes. which is probably going to render Ayuk useless, unfortunately. All right. I think I agree there. And now let's talk about one of the most crowded running back rooms in the league. Um, Elijah Mitchell, Trey Sermon, Jamichael Hasty, Jeff Wilson Jr., I'll do something similar to what you did in terms of the Giants wide receivers. Rank those guys rest of season for me, please. Elijah Mitchell, Michael Hasty, Jeff Wilson, Trey Sermon. But if I knew Jeff Wilson were coming back this week, I would put Jeff Wilson ahead of Jamichael Hasty. I have Wilson ahead of ahead of Jamichael Hasty as well too. I I don't know if there's going to be value behind Elijah Mitchell though. Yeah, I mean, Elijah Mitchell is a workhorse for the 49ers right now. He's seeing 18-ish carries per game. And he's, by the way, really good. He's getting a ton of yards per carry, scoring some touchdowns. The thing that's holding him back is he's not getting any pass-catching work. That has been Jermichael Hasty 
in this offense. But the, I mean, I feel like the bigger story here almost is that Trey Sermon is nothing. Is nothing. It, he he is you know he's a drop. If he's you in haven't the dropped in doghouse, unfortunately, which we know how that how that works. Yeah, and it's weird because Trey Sermon was drafted in the third round of the NFL draft this year. Elijah Mitchell was, I think, a sixth round pick. So you would expect the roles to be reversed, but instead, Trey Sermon is a bust, and Elijah Mitchell is the guy. I can't recall if Mitchell was a drafted player in in fantasy drafts this no, year. No, but, not in redraft. Okay, but so you know, we're going to talk about Patterson for that for that player. But Mitchell has a has a nomination in terms of one of the best waiver ads of the season, probably. Absolutely, and I've talked about it in a previous episode. He has a great see, uh, schedule coming up, so he 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 can help you in that playoff push for fantasy. Yeah, I mean, again, playing Houston in the championship, yep. which you love. All right, let's finish off the uh, this list here with the three and five Seattle Seahawks. Um, Russ is back soon, I believe. He got a pin out, the pin out in his finger last week or two weeks ago. Um, so he is tracking towards being back, which is good news. Russ is a QB one um, when he is back. Um, I don't think there's anything to really say there. Uh, you know, if if for some reason someone is frustrated, and you can go get Russ because you need a quarterback on your team. He's probably a trade four candidate, um, but. You know, if someone's been holding him through the time he's been injured, probably not going to be able to, to get him. Um, let's talk about Lockett and DK Metcalf at wide receiver right now. Um, both players who were somewhat disappointing for most of the time that Geno Smith was filling in at quarterback, and then players who both blew up last week. Um, particularly Lockett, I think, was a surprise there because we think of him as the guy who needs those deep targets and that mind melt with Russ. Um, you know, we always thought DK was going to be a little bit safer because he is that big go up and get it guy um that you know works underneath a little bit more than Lockett does but yeah I mean you know Lockett was a player whose value dropped tremendously with Russ going out for a couple weeks Miles is Lockett a buy low right now I don't think so um especially because he just had a blow up week this past week where he caught 12 receptions something like that 12 for 142 yeah that's a long that's a big week yep um, at, uh, they are on by this week as well, too, as a reminder, the Seahawks. Um, let's go to the running backs real quick. Alex Collins, Rashad Penny, Chris Carson. As a reminder, Chris Carson is has been out the past couple of weeks. He's dealing with that neck issue, which there really has not been a solid timeline on that. I think the deal there is that's inflammation and pain management oriented. So there's going to be days when Carson is okay, and there's going to be days when he is not. Um Rashad Penny also started the season on the injured list and is just back. And Alex Collins has looked at times decent filling in for Carson. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Miles, is this just a mess right now? I mean, is there any value in this backfield? Not a ton. If someone is willing to take Carson off your hands, I am okay trading him away. In fact, I would like to trade him away. He... There is a chance that Carson doesn't come back this season. There's even a small chance that Carson doesn't come back at all in his NFL career yeah. because of this injury. Yeah, agreed. Um, Alec, he's also, you know, just generally an older running back on his second contract, I believe, and typically that that is not a good thing in terms of lasting value for running backs. Collins and Penny, I think, are just going to share this workload, and that's probably going to leave them both 
I don't want to say irrelevant for fantasy, but they're going to cannibalize each other, and neither is going to be the workhorse, in my opinion. Yep, and I will say Travis Homer will probably steal some steal some receiving work yep. there, so that is going to reduce their value as well, too. Joe Everett is the final name I'll talk about here. He's been disappointing um, for fantasy. He's been, at times, unhealthy, which is you know doesn't hurt, doesn't help, and then Russ being out, so... Um, I don't think this is a player that you need to have on your roster right now. Maybe things tick up for Everett at the, towards the latter half of the season, and he enters that Conklin kind of tier. But nothing for right now there. All right, Miles, that wraps it up. I think we probably we did it. went through like a gazillion players right there, if, I, if, my, if my math is correct. <laughs> um, <laughs> if your calculations are correct. Yes. So now we are on to uh, checking in on the preseason predictions. Um, I think you're up with the first one here. Yeah, so what we're going to do here is I'm going to restate the prediction. I'm going to give the context on how we're tracking, and then um, we'll ask each other the question, do we still think this? And we'll provide our answer, I think, Mine's going to be no a lot just for the people. <laughs> um, preseason bold prediction number one was from me. I thought that CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper will both be top 12 receivers. Currently, CeeDee is the wide receiver 14, and Amari Cooper is the wide receiver 20. I do not still think this. <laughs> All right, fair enough. My uh, first prediction here of the uh, preseason's predictions was that Marquez Callaway is a solid wide receiver, too, until Michael Thomas returns. Well, I've got some good news because he has more time to try and materialize <laughs> on that value with Thomas not returning. Callaway is currently wide receiver 54. Do I still think this? No, this offense has been bad. Okay. Um, I said that TJ Hawkinson will finish as a top three tight end. He currently is the tight end three. And yes, I do still think this. I think probably it will be Kelsey, uh, Andrews, and Hawkinson. And then probably Pitts will be the tight end four. Oof, so that means Waller is five? That means Waller is five because he's been injured and the, the offense seems to be operating a little bit differently. This is, this is not an anti-Waller take. Though. Okay, fair enough. My second prediction, Devonta Smith finishes as the top rookie wide receiver. Parentheses, this is really about Jamar. <laughs> Currently, Devonta Smith is wide receiver 43. Chase what about Jamar Chase? is wide receiver 3. Oh. Do I still think this? No. <laughs> um, my, one of my bold predictions was that Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, finishes as a top 8 quarterback. Um this is, you know, this isn't fair because an injury really derailed this, but um, Heineke is the QB 14, so... In theory, that's what Fitzpatrick would have been, but I think Fitzpatrick would have been better. But no, I do not still think this. Obviously, Fitzpatrick will not finish as a top eight quarterback, missing half the season or more. Yep, just uh, mention this player um, in the NFC West uh, portion, but uh, Tyler Higby finishes as the top, as TE6, um, or, or better, I should say, was my prediction there. Currently sitting at TE14. I, I don't think still, I don't still think this. I am hopeful that uh, that he closes the gap a little bit rest of season. Okay. I said that Javante Williams will be a top eight running back over the second half of the season, which was defined as week 10 on. Javante Williams is currently running back 25. Um, No, I don't still think that he will be a top eight running back over the second half of the season. I think that Melvin Gordon is not going to go anywhere soon enough for that to come true. However, the point of this bold prediction was... Javante Williams will help you win your league for the second half of the season, and I do still believe that. So this is a no, I don't still believe this, but yes, the point is still true. I would still be going out and getting Javante Williams. Yeah, like that. 
Probably the worst prediction of the uh, of the uh, preseason. Jalen Hurts finishes outside the top twelve <laughs> at QB. He is currently quarterback four. Do I still think this? No. And I'll concede to Miles here. This is a case study in the value of rushing at quarterback because again, I don't think Hurts has been very good, but fantasy wise, he is productive. Yep. Um, I said that Miles Sanders will finish outside the top 24 running backs, and Naeem Hines finishes inside the top 24. Currently, Miles Sanders is outside. He's the RB40, and Hines is also outside at the RB31. Um, I do still think that Sanders finishes outside the top 24, but I don't think that Hines gets in there. This was probably about the split in Indianapolis, right? Yes, exactly. I think Jonathan Taylor is, is getting more work than I thought. Gotcha. All right, my last prediction was that Sam Darnold ends the season as the waiver wire quarterback to own, meaning he flirts with top 12 value. Darnold is currently quarterback 16, which is kind of hard to believe based on how bad he's been. I think that this is still possible um, when McCaffrey gets back. I think, again, I think this offense functions like immeasurably better with McCaffrey in the mix. Um, I'm hoping that that means that he will have a short, you know, an outlet to dump the ball down when he's under pressure, which has been a lot of late. Um, and I'm hoping that that frees up some, some over the top targets to DJ and maybe Robbie and, uh, we'll see. I like it. Okay. We are going to move on, um, finish out the show with some rapid fire questions. Really? These are mid season superlatives. So let's get into it. Who is the fantasy MVP through eight weeks of the season? Miles, you want to start here or no? Uh, it's Derrick Henry for me, and, and, and it was more of a of a tribute pick. All right, that's fair. My guy here is Cooper Cup. This is purely based on value versus ADP. Cup is one of two players that have more than 200 fantasy points in the season, the other being Tom Brady. He'll, he'll hear about in a second. Biggest deal of the draft through eight weeks. I think it's Cup for both of us. Yeah, got to be Cup. Um, but Brady is my sleeper pick here. A reminder that we love drafting late-round quarterbacks and that you should too biggest bust of the season yeah it's christian mccaffrey here um which is unfortunate because it's not really been his fault but uh he is he was the consensus 101 and he has been no value for your team through pretty much eight weeks of the season mine is alan robinson who is your number one trade for target yeah you uh alluded to this a little bit earlier but saquon i think if you can get him for rb2 maybe the, you know the person the player that you drafted as your RB3 has been better than expected. Um, and you can go and get Saquon and have that potentially f- have that player potentially for your playoff run. I, I love that move. Mine is Javante Williams. I already talked about it. Who is your number one trade away? Adam Thielen. Doing it via touchdowns, which I think is going to be the same case for the player you're about to talk about in a second. Yep, it's DeAndre Hopkins for me. And again, I already mentioned it, getting it done on, on touchdowns too much. Um, and I think he'll, he'll regress. Biggest surprise of the fantasy season, we have the same answer here. It's Cordero Patterson. Yes. And we also have the same answer for waiver out of the year. Also, Cordero Patterson. Yep. Um, he is, is no one thought that Cordero Patterson, a perennial gadget player, yeah. would, would have top 12 running back fantasy values. Turns out if you give a perennial gadget player like a ton of volume, they actually do well with it. Yeah, apparently. Um, who is your NFL Rookie of the Year? It has to be Jamar. He's been unbelievable. It's Jamar Chase. Um, who's your MVP through eight weeks? Yeah, Stafford, I think. Um, we'll, we'll see here. This you know, this is going to be one that the end of the season is going to matter here. Yep. But your, op- your, your response, or for right now at least anyways, is also leading the NFC West along with the with the Rams. Yeah. I think one of those two players will probably has a good shot to be the MVP. Definitely. Yeah, I, I said Kyler, um, but I, I think Josh Allen will 
take MVP home by the end of the season. Interesting. Um, and finally, Super Bowl predictions. Who you got? Yep, I've got the Rams over the Bills. Okay. Uh, you're you're backing down on your Cowboys take. That Cowboys take from preseason it actually panned out pretty well. Yeah, I mean, far. the defense has been better, um, but... I, the Rams have been have been so good. I, yes, yeah, no, they've been great. That, the NFC West is unbelievable, or the NFC is unbelievable. Like there's such good teams in that division. And I will take the Bills over the Packers in the Super Bowl. All right, that'll do it. We made it mid season. We made it through half the season. Um, good luck for the second half yes. of the season. Yes. Um, if you like what you heard, check us out. Our Twitter is at Dirty Water FF, Instagram at Dirty Water Fantasy, Facebook Dirty Water Fantasy, Apple Podcasts. Uh, leave us a review, like and subscribe on Spotify, click the bell, follow us. Um, all other platforms, we're at anchor.fm slash Dirty Water Fantasy, and we're out of here. Good luck for second half of your season. Yeah, week nine tomorrow. Let's get it. You're feeding them lies, feeding them lies While you're dying inside, dying inside oh!